This week on Face Off Hockey Show, I got a new board. Sounds fresh, don't it? I can actually hear myself in the microphone this time. Uh, we'll also talk about the uh, coaching happenings there in the NHL. We'll talk about some awards. Talk about some D1 schools coming back in the Jack Eichel rumor mill is a uh, heating up, boys and girls. Don't you dare miss it. It's Face Off Hockey Show right now. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Choose your command. You have chosen the Face Off Hockey Show. I mean, hockey is my life. I've got on hockey underwear right now. Face Off Hockey Show. What? With Scotty Waz. Sean O. And the P Boys. Johnny, Johnny and Mark with the C. Yeah, baby. Here's your host for the Face Off Hockey Show, Scotty Waz. Hey, everybody. What's happening? I'm Scotty Waz. Hope you all are well. I'm doing all right. Johnny P's there. I'm here. I think, I think he's doing all right. All right. All right. All right. Face Off Hockey Show. Um, a lot of stuff to talk to. We'll get to Law Richardson later. Some interesting news coming from Pierre Lebrun's mouth as the Jack Eichel sweepstakes seems to be coming to a crescendo right around draft time. So that's good to have. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, Johnny, what'd you do with your week? Sadly, only one hockey game this week for you. Only one hockey game. Uh, but it was a good hockey game. Uh, there's a video on Instagram. I think I saw it. Or maybe it was, uh, it might have been on Twitter actually, um, of the end of the game where they uh, did the little stick sickness and went around the corner. And uh, you can see all the the five guys line up for the uh, end game picture. Uh, it was pretty neat. Uh, Bruich and uh, Luke Mountain came over and thanked me and Jim for taking pictures of them all, all the time. And you know, doing what we do for the team. So that was cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, so now it's just going through a year's worth of pictures, which I took a lot this year, yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, and uh, finding some good pictures for the uh, last couple posts of the year. Nice. Uh, I did well with the pucks, though. People yeah. like the pucks. That's good. That's a good puck, puck movement there. Good puck movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, did well with that. I bought a lot of pucks from Johnstown. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you lose in the first round, though. Uh, you got a lot of inventory. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So that was about that. Then uh, the Euro started on Friday, which was perfect timing. Uh, so just been watching soccer. <laughs> All the time <laughs> since uh, played some golf on Sunday with death and his father, father death. Um, Should yeah. his last name be time? <laughs> well, I mean, he, he's also death. All right. I sure. thought death got his last name. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just a clever nickname. All right. No. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, so that was fun. And then, uh, yeah, just watching soccer. Italy won another soccer game again today. 
Wow, look at them. Greendale. Go. Get them go. They did. They destroyed Switzerland. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Well. Yeah, nice. I don't know how Switzerland is. I can't comment one way or the other. Their flag is a huge plus. Hey. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I just always like dropping that in. Well, why not? That's great. I mean, it's such a good joke. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, Shih Tzu. Yeah, so that's about it. I mean, it's oh, not shit. like... I'm... No, oh. damn. Never mind. Got got baited there for a second. Oh, okay. Womp womp. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, it's not like I'm traveling uh, coming up here soon. Yeah, right? Like some people. Hey. I did enough traveling. My East Coast uh, <laughs> my East Coast tour needed a break. Yeah, right? <laughs> needed some postponed events or something. You're like, a, you're like a cover band just traveling up and down the corridor. Except I don't, have a, I don't even have a van. I'm just doing it in a Super WRX. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part about it. You're like a DJ. <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't go uh although i will say uh i don't know if i mentioned it last week but maine is got to be like super capital of the world because every like sixth car you saw was a super something <laughs> foresters tons of stis up there the like little crossover thingy jobber you know mm. just Subarus on Subarus. So I'm guessing and, Maine and, is where the, is where the, all of the all of the um, environmentalists live. And if they're into anime, it's Subawu. <laughs> probably that's probably it, actually. So there's that. Nice. Well, good job, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely uh, got. It's interesting too, as well, to look at pictures from beginning of season to end of season. I definitely got better throughout this season. I learned how to edit better. Uh, pictures were clearer. Uh, it was good. It was good. I went through uh the my favorite pictures of the year. Nice. And they're all from like the last two months. Because <laughs> I was like, these are the ones I like. You know what's fucked? I wrote something on ClutchingCrabHockey.com, probably my best piece for yeah. the season review, and I forgot to promote it because I was so busy today. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, jeez. The uh, what was the one that you put out yesterday? Uh, Monday I put out the season review and review. Oh, so the actual review. Gotcha. So today is the. I read that. That was nice. That was good. Yeah, and today is the overagers uh thing. That's uh, nice. Uh, in review, fair. The well over because I can't do colleges because I don't know what college guy, what guys are definitely going to college. I know Reed's going to college for sure. Bruich, Bruich. See the thing with Bruich, I'm not sure about. He's 18, and he could he could use another year, even in the USHL. I think before getting up there, because my man's injury prone. I love him to death, but damn. I mean that's true. He seemed like he was leaving. It sounded like that too. Season. Um, it, it, the way he looked, it looked like he was leaving, but you know, neither here nor there. It's like it's like Aiden, man. Like you got two more years if you need it, brother. Uh, so there's that. I guess we're on to me now. Is that the deal? I don't yeah, know. yeah. I think we transitioned kind of, but we're just okay. we're like on an in between week. Yeah. So I I got a new board. I'll do a little, do a little facey fade. Look at that. Look at that. Ooh. 
fancy. It lights up. It's got slideies. It's got lights. It's got lights. <laughs> it's got numbers. Why has it got numbers, you ask? Well, for the greatest board in the world. So it's got that. That's great. That's so good. I can't wait to get everybody when they come on the show. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. Um, so that, and then I bought a DSLR camera because I want to do more video stuff next year for possible Black Bears things happening. Oh. Because uh, um, I have to talk to uh, El Presidente here in the next couple of weeks. Probably next week because I'm off next week. So it'll be the most time I have. The, uh, yeah. I have a boom mic for uh, my DSLR. Boom. Is it it just, wasn't. It was like thirty bucks. Too. My... <laughs> I got a, It's a nice addition. It adds. Uh, it adds much more to it than the just the little tiny microphones that come through on the uh, camera sure. itself. Yeah. No, I figured it's going to be especially with. Oh, the... Did I tell you about the board advertisement? Yes, you did. Okay. Good. Yeah. We probably uh, have to think about that. Oh, for sure. Um. Ba 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 ba. What else? Bought a DSLR, bought a paper shredder because mine broke. You're driving down to gonna drive down Boston. the plane tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, no Friday. So, got that well, going. I mean, half of the black bears are playing. So, yeah, six of them in coach are gonna be down there. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, they put out the rosters for the top prospects game, and um, yeah, like uh, the it's so some teams are so stacked that um. Like the East is so stacked with people going in. Uh, Sam Avola had to go to like the uh, the Midwest division to play. Oh, really? Yeah, for the Tomahawks. So and Tack's going to be there, Andrew Tackus. So that's cool. See him. Uh, see him. Jonathan play. Young is going to be there too. I saw. Yep, he is going to be there with the East East squad. That was one of my favorite pictures of the year. That was a good one. I like that one. The all 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 the end pictures from that last game against Northeast was good. Yeah. So. But yeah, it was uh, that's been my week. It's just retail therapy. Nice, nice. It's all so, good. I mean, you'll uh, you'll use it definitely. Yeah, I mean, and and you can't take it with you when you go, right? So uh, true. Got to do it that way. Um, but yeah, other than that, we're just uh, chilling. I I had I I don't know what the hell happened. I'm I think I had a bad breakfast sandwich. My stomach's been killing me today. Oh no, it wasn't from Chick Fil A, was it? No, it wasn't. It was actually from our cafeteria, which is oh, that's worse. Times worse. Yeah, yeah. Who knows how long that bacon was <laughs> the heat lamp? I'm not sure that I would eat. Uh, actually, I'm not gonna lie, because every once in a while I'll go to the little cafeteria that we have at work, and I'll get like uh, an omelet because they have uh, this guy that like makes omelets mm-hmm. there in the morning, and the omelets are really good. That he uh, that he puts together, and then you can like get some little like sausage links or uh, bacon to go on the side of it as well. That's not, that's good. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I always I always thought that the breakfasts were better than the the lunches and shit, but apparently not so much. Apparently uh, not really. Not if you get sick. Right. Exactly. Not if I'm in the. But per- it does help business. I guess. Yeah, it does. I mean, you're already there. You're already it's, at the hospital. Those are our our IV people. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Helps our solution market, ladies and gentlemen. That's the bottom line, because Stone Cold told said so. Yep. Um. So yeah, we got uh, that going for us, and yeah. All right, let's get to some. Uh, there's a couple injuries. All right. Just a slightly a couple injuries. Oh. 
yeah. Who's down and out with some blues? Maybe some black and bruised. It's the Face Off Hockey Show Injury Report. Uh, one big uh, situation going on was uh, Tuka Rask played all season with a torn uh, hip labrum. Oof, that's not good. That's not great. So he will uh, he will get that repaired surgically. He won't be back until um, January, which is fine because Jeremy Stevenson's been play- played real well for the uh, for the Bruins when he was called upon. So no problem there. And I'm sure there's going to be backup. Yurislav Halak can probably sign for a little bit. So that's good. Um, I think that's all the injuries. We're not getting a lot more injuries put out there. In all honesty, it's just kind of low key. Uh, situation. I think I saw uh, it was like Hurricanes player was playing with some ailment uh, later in their series, but it's over now, so who cares about him? <laughs> um, have you been watching much of the playoffs? Um, I haven't really, to be honest. Uh, I did. Uh, <clears throat> it was interesting uh, hearing a game with both national anthems played. Uh, before the game, that was pretty cool. I was. <laughs> I liked. Uh, I li- I appreciated the fact that there was a Canadian and American national anthem. Well, enjoy it by the looks of game one. That that's gonna not fucking oh. long. Oh, but Cole Caulfield. I Kids mean, Jesus. Beauty. Wow. beauty. What more can you say about him? They scored playoff goals. <laughs> as it, as if it was his job. Oh uh, yeah, so. Yeah, but I haven't really watched a whole lot. Uh, I think the Islanders lightning is tied 1-1. I don't quite understand the New York Saints thing or the uh, Saints thing for the Islanders. Oh. I, I must have missed something. You did. What happened was Bruce Cassidy, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Bruce Cassidy was talking about how the uh, the Bruins got called for a lot of penalties. And he's like, it's uh, they're, they're treating them over there like a bunch of Saints, a bunch of New York Saints over there. Uh, and the uh, the creativity of the New York fan base just went ahead and went with it because the New York Saints used to be a former lacrosse team, an indoor lacrosse team there. That's interesting. That's that's fantastic. Hashtag fun facts. It's a good segue. Actually. Yeah. Uh, is it? To what, though? I don't know. <laughs> I, do, both, I saw T-shirts. We're doing a lacrosse podcast is what we're telling us, everybody. <laughs> uh, indoor lacrosse. Uh, we're going to get some... We're going to have... We're going to have a, a lacrosse show, and it's going to be all with retired players, and I'll be moderator, and it's going to co- be called X-Lax. Uh, <laughs> I like how you were laughing about it before you said it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Fucking strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Here comes the funny train. <laughs> you should tell Chad that one. I will. <laughs> oh, that's good. That the is X- good. X- X-Lex podcast going to be coming on soon. Um, and fuck it. Johnny lives in Maryland. I'm pretty sure we can find at least five or six people within the within the sound of his voice uh, that used to play lacrosse. Oh, yeah. They'll just show up at my front door. It's like it's like a bat signal goes out. They're like, <laughs> did you say something about Lex? Hey, bro, my buddy played down there in, in, in Annapolis, man. It'd be a great time. He always went to Maryland, too. He got an injury, though. Duke recruited him. You know that? Duke, he said, fuck Duke. Um, so X Lax Across podcast coming soon. Perfect. 
coming soon with all the other Teen Eleven podcasts. By the way, I saw college bowling on last night on the CBS Sports Network. Oh. Yeah, uh, Wichita State took on uh, St. Ambrose. I had to look up where St. Ambrose University was. It's in Iowa. St. Ambrose. Yeah, they did. A whole <laughs> team of college kids took on a wrestler. That's the that's the event I want to see. I mean, the deed at St. Ambrose should be called Deed Ambrose. That'd be great. I would love it. It's not, every everybody who's the dean there has to have a last name of Ambrose or turn their name into Ambrose like they were a pope. He comes. <laughs> he comes out. He's got all of the. Uh, he's got like the black uh, tank top on, long black pants. <laughs> Hair's disheveled. Just great. He's just looking crazy. Makes enforcements. Anyway, uh, Johnny, we got a Patreon. Do you know about that? It did. I, yeah, every week I hear about it. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you haven't forgotten. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you, you are, have, you are a little high now, though. If you get closer to the mic, oh, you're I am. a little high. But if you stay away from the mic, you're good. Like right here? Yeah, that's great. Okay. Right there. I'm good here. If I'm like a fist away, if I'm a, I'm a sucky, sucky away, I'm good to go. Um, yeah, we got uh, we got ourselves a Patreon, patreon.com slash Facebook Hockey Show. We, you give us money, we give you options to listen to us more so. Yes. And to have an input into it. So with a dollar, if you become part of the Lutes... Whether you like it or not, we give you more options to listen to us. options to listen to us. <laughs> we don't have the pay-to-go-away option yet. <laughs> we are working on that with our lawyers and, and our IT folk. If you give us a dollar, you get the video show the uh, after it comes the night as it comes out. How about that? That's fancy because you That's get before the audio shows up. Sometimes before the audio shows up a full three hours <laughs> before it drops. Um, if you give us five dollars, we not only give you the video show, you get to pick a segment like we're going to do right now, and you get some extra audio specialty funnies that we could put. Uh-huh. Up. That's true, and the vault. And the vault. If we ever f- figure out segments that we want to share with you, the vault. Uh, be like Pat, Jeff, Kevin, Matthew, Damon, Mark, Ethan, Trista, Chris, Rob, Sean, Mitch. They all contributed. So can you? It's Face Off Hockey Show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Face Off Hockey Show. Money goes back into the show, buys me a funky board um, that I can just, just do, do this, this every, every time. time. Now, now batting, batting for the Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore Orioles. Number 21, Randy Milligan. Milligan. He's 39, but whatever. I do like that. I like yeah. that a lot. 21 was Sigi. Anyway. That'll never, that'll never get old. Right. <laughs> All right, kiddos. How are we doing it here? So we talked about last week. The uh, Was last week the draft lottery or two weeks ago? It was uh, last week, I believe. Okay, last week. So anyway, the uh, the Buffalo Sabres have won, won the draft lottery. The only thing they've won for a bit. Um. So the uh, oh that's oh that's bad. Oh that one's bad. I'll have to show you this afterwards. Uh-uh. Anywho, uh, the Owen Power is the top uh, prospect defenseman from uh, University of Michigan. Uh, projected to go number one overall. He yes. apparently went on to say this week, this past weekend, yeah, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards going back to Michigan next year. <laughs> I'm kind of kind of thinking that's the play for me next year. Does he think if he holds out for like a couple more years that the Sabres will be better? 
I think he's either thinking that or that he is discouraging them from picking him. Or he's going back in the draft. <laughs> Someone put well, cut, no. Well, the shitty thing is he can't. He might do a Jimmy VC and hold out after he gets. Uh, yeah, comes out of college uh, because they. Oh, but then he becomes a free agent, right? Yeah, he becomes unrestricted. Um, someone, someone was saying after that announcement came out, they're like, uh, "Owen Powers Google right now. How do I withdraw from draft? <laughs> how, how do I dodge this draft? I don't want to be picked." Uh, he says uh, uh, on the NHL Network, he said, I think right now I'm probably leaning towards going back to school. It's something I'd like to do, try and get the true experience of playing college hockey. At the end of the day, it obviously depends on what, te- what the team wants and what everyone around me thinks is best. I don't think there's really a bad option. Listen, you don't want to go to Buffalo, man. Just say it. It's fine. <laughs> like You don't have to be... Um, this coy about it or this politically correct my thing is this um if you're wow if i hit the mic you can actually hear that okay Uh um my biggest thing is why wouldn't why can't we and i think we've talked about this for years why can't we uh, up the limit of age because you look at the guys who have come in the past couple years jack hughes has come in right away hasn't done much um, Lafreniere didn't really do much towards the end of the season. Like these Caco. guys, need, hmm, Capo Caco too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was the Hughes draft, wasn't? It, I think so. Like these guys come in early and don't really make a dent until either the end of the year or like the beginning half of the second year. So, like, we don't have these superstar players in their big boats driving fancy cars, yeah. throwing check into Volca River, right? So I think that if we up throwing check Karuda, thank you. You don't yeah. want to just throw random checks into the river. No, that's actually possibly a genocide. <laughs> um, the the fact of the matter is that it, it, you have all these the 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 amount of guys you have that are successful on the early going does not equal the amount of kids who should have stayed in school. And I think Tyson Jost to Colorado is a big poster boy for that he came out after his freshman year of Gersich too and Gersich absolutely and Gersich played three years in college yeah and still kind of need, maybe needed that last year or he's not as good as he cracked up to be he played on the line with Brock Besser so either way I uh, mean choose your own adventure the uh like like you look at Jost and he started off good he got into the league and had that big kick because you know he doesn't know any better and then you didn't hear much from him for the past couple years until this past season when the avalanche was good and he was a adept contributor for this team so i think if you it, it doesn't hurt for the nhl and the pa to possibly revisit the idea of raising the draft limit now the big concern here of course is free agency because right. i think 20 we'll have to wait till lyle gets on but 25 or 26 is when you're unshackled from that so i don't think they want to give that up so i don't know if there is a good uh situation going on here but at the same time i mean it's one of those deals that you look at the draft beyond this and you look at teams <laughs> the teams being as shitty as they are and probably stifling a lot of these kids careers that's probably not great for business when in the grand scheme of things true that's true i mean the nhl is definitely closer in parity than it was when 
you know, Crosby and Ovechkin came in. But I would also say that Crosby and Ovechkin were so much better than everybody else. Um, and Malkin, even to that extent, that they coming into the league at 18, 19 years old, like totally made sense. Um, I don't think that we've had somebody who, I mean, maybe Connor McDavid. Um, he, he, I think he would be example. I think that's that could be the last one. Yeah, like maybe he's probably the last one of like somebody who came into league at 18 and was like ready to play in the NHL at 18. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like they're kind of stuck at this point, though. Um, yeah. I feel like they they've given themselves an artificial stop, maybe or whatever it is. If it's that twenty six, twenty seven, twenty five age range, um, where you're an unrestricted free agent, you don't want to move the draft up to twenty and then have somebody still not come over from another league and or stay in 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 college for another year or two and now all of a sudden their entry draft is their their entry um contract is three years and they're going to be an unrestricted free agent after another year contract or something like that you know no i I feel like they've kind of painted themselves into a corner with this one (laughs) Uh yeah no absolutely like I would say Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews like there's there's a I mean four... Austin Matthews did have four goals in his first game yeah and what did he get his rookie season uh four, he had forty goals in his rookie season so I would say after because after Matthews it was Nico Heischer who took some years to get into his game yeah Ras- Rasmus Dahlin who still I would argue is still trying to get into his game and then Hughes He's a saber and, yeah and Hughes and Lafreniere um so. Yeah, I mean, you have to think that you, you don't have that exemplary talent that you, you you did. Like, there's obviously ebbs and flows, um, but at the same time, it's like mm, you know, you look you look at the idea of performance and development, and so, maybe just maybe. It's so, is the problem that the teams that are picking these number one overall draft picks so bad that they? Want to throw an 18 year old into the NHL to sell jerseys, hope that he fixes and helps the team, et cetera, et cetera. And does that outweigh the fact that if you actually let the kid stay in college for a year or two, he's going to be a better player by the time you get, by the time he gets to your team? Um, I think nowadays it's almost like you. Uh, you know, that's a very good question, Johnny, and you raise a good point. I always go back to the Steven Stamkos hub of Baloo in Tampa. And I think that's <laughs> just Stamkos. Yeah, seen Stamkos. Um, Barry Melrose didn't. And I think that's just that that right there is management and coaching and all that making bad decisions and overhyping a guy and then having a difference of opinion with their head coach that lasted 11 games. Yeah, well, that also was on the heels of Ovechkin and Crosby being um, good, really good in the league at 18 years old and more people just wanting to find that player. Like, maybe we're in that same type of uh, cyclical curve, you know? Like, maybe we've gone back to the up curve where we hit Connor McMichael, or, sorry, Connor McDavid, and then now we're kind of on the back down the curve on the other side. We're getting to Taylor, we're getting to our Neil Yakupov's. Yeah, 
Johnsons who takes years to develop. I mean, it it could very be very well be that you like you kind of hit that for maybe a year, maybe two, and then you know after that things drop off a little bit. But everybody sees how great that one guy was in that one year, and they sure. they're like, this guy's definitely going to be that good. He is going to be the man, the man with the plan. But often they are not. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I don't know how good Owen Power was. He was supposed to play in the uh, tournament game I was supposed to go to, and then they got COVID. So and then they got COVID. So that was uh, that was uh, I didn't I couldn't see. I didn't him. see Michigan at all this year. No, I didn't either. I didn't see seen Stamkos either. So there's that. It was. Uh, uh, I, I think I think Owen Power. I think first off, if he does stay in college. Based on him wanting to stay in college, good. I think that's a great move. That's a that's a mature move, and that's something you want in a player. Um, if he's doing it because he's afraid Buffalo's going to pick him, that's a good move. I think that's a good player that shows signs of maturity. <laughs> because at right at this point right now, uh, I wouldn't be one wanting to go on a rudderless ship. So, I, so I've got a question though. Sure, is Owen Power so much better than everybody else? That the Sabers are going to use the number one overall draft pick on another defenseman. Yes, I would uh, say so. All right. Um, only because I think you got a kid who has NHL size already. He's six six two fifteen. I used to be that big. Uh, left-handed shot. Uh, was uh, defense he was good at the World Championships? He was. He had three assists in ten games. Shutdown kind of guy. Uh, was defenseman of the year in the USHL. Uh, really, like he can do offense and defense. Like he's a very he's a very two way defenseman. Like Dustin Bufflin, exactly, but not as not as thick. As Dustin, not, not as right wiggy. Exactly, <laughs> not as not as stand in front kind of as Dustin Bufflin. <laughs> okay, should be reminded that Dustin Bufflin is not retired yet. I don't think. Good, he should free agent. He's just getting those checks from those Jets. I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's uh, in in a land where you can't get a lot of good tall or you can't get a lot of good defensemen with size. I think Owen Power kind of is a is a guy who is that is something that is an anomaly and you would want to pick him with the first pick. All right. That said, um, I fully expect Buffalo to screw this up somehow, and it's going to be hilarious when they do. And we'll all point and laugh at him. Well, so what I actually see occurring is that Buffalo is going to pick him. Uh-huh. Buffalo is going to talk to him and be like, you can play in the NHL next season. And he's going to go, I think I'd like to play at Michigan. Exactly. And then that conversation is going to occur at the end of the next season as well. And if the Sabres are still junk, he will probably still stay at Michigan. But he at least is now allowing the Sabres to do something because so from my perspective if I was him I see what occurs with Jack Eichel because if they trade Jack Eichel that team almost instantly becomes worse oh yeah no no doubt about that you kidding me so (laughs) I would see if what they what they do with Jack Eichel and just kind of ride it out, but I mean, if what you're saying is true, the Sabers are definitely going to pick 
Owen Power. Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, you know him, you love him. He's number 39 in your program, number one in your hearts. Mark Catanjo! New board's working out pretty well, huh? <laughs> Everybody gets intros now. <laughs> uh, can't see that on the video. We only That's only for us. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Thanks, buddy. Uh, so we're talking about Owen Power and saying that if he, he might not go into the NHL this year, he might go back to Michigan and how that's smart of him to do so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, go get that. I guess. What is he going to be a senior? No, he's going to be a sophomore. <laughs> okay. He's 18. Yeah. So he's 18. why? Because uh, the Buffalo Sabres might pick him first overall. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's essentially why. So. Yeah, is, is there any indication that Buffalo is going to be any better next year than they are than they were this year? They're going to trade Eichel. Or they're going to trade Jack Eichel like the night before the Stanley Cup final starts, and then it's going to be all over. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That might that might backfire. Right. Yeah. I think that's a. Not a great, not a great plan for anybody. I mean, he could always pull the n- never play for the team and then go back into the draft. He could nah, always do that. Nah, because he's a college kid. He can't do that. He can't do that because by because I, I hold, said the same thing. It was fine. They hold his well. They hold his rights the entire time, and you can't re-enter the draft after you're 20. Mm. So he he'll be out of college at 21. So he will be over the draft, but we can do the Jimmy Vesey thing where you don't play for the team, you graduate college, and then you hold out. Well, it's like same with Adam Fox too in New York or the Rangers. Hell, both both the kids who hold out went out uh, held out after college went to the Rangers. Amazing, amazing. Was it uh, was it the kid from, or did he just get signed as a uh, free agent? He was never drafted. The kid that the Boston College kid that. Um, I keep, I keep well. wanting to say McDonough, but the right other one. Right-handed defenseman. Yeah. Oh, I keep well, wanting to say, yeah. Gilroy? Yeah, Gilroy. I think Gilroy's was more of a, uh, a proximity to family thing. He might not have been drafted, though, right? He was not. No, he was a free agent. So, and that and, that, and that's what, uh, I think he wins a national championship, and uh, he's like, yeah. now I get to pick where I want to be. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, the uh, that's it, uh, Mark. Any idea you we were talking also about the raising the draft age as well? Raising it, yeah, but why? Uh, so, uh, because we haven't had that many kids develop that well in the past couple drafts, and, it, and you know, it could wreck them, damn near killed them. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, but so what do you do with that extra year? <laughs> of, uh, there's a lot of kids that I mean is the junior system set up to support them for another year or do they just, just get drafted into some semi-pro league right I, I get that I get that in the United States at college you know you could just stay have- in college but a lot of these kids are in the junior program in Canada or playing in some you know junior equivalent team in Europe or whatever and what happens do they just stay on that team for another year are they even eligible to stay on that team yeah, for another just, year they can stay in juniors until they're 20 so okay. they get drafted at 18. They got two years. And usually the way junior hockey works with the NHL is they get two years. Uh, in junior hockey, you have two years to sign or else you become a free agent. Whereas college, your rights are held throughout because you can't sign a contract. 
uh, and still play. Because there's guys who sign their NHL contract and then go back to juniors, too. So we see that that a lot. Um, well, Connor McMichael. Connor McMichael signed his, his contract like a day after getting drafted. And he played in London. Well, tried to play in London, and then they shut down the Ontario. That's true. And he played for Hershey. He played in play. England. And he's going to play for the fucking Caps next year. He should. Yeah, I think he should, too. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's, uh, I guess it's this, the system will support that. So, but what, okay. So you want players to mature another year before they get drafted so that more of them make it to the NHL. Perhaps that's so that scouts have a, a more accurate picture of whether these kids are going to pan out or not. I think so. I think, I think it does. Why? Why, why do kids drafted, why, why does the order in which the kids are drafted, why does that necessarily have to represent success to you? I didn't say it represents success. I don't think I ever said that. Well, I think, yeah, I, well you, want, you want the draft to more accurately reflect the talent that makes it to the NHL. I think they have a better chance to succeed in an older age without the pressures and the rigmarole of them being considered a first uh, a first year flop or a first round yeah. flop. If you're picked a number one overall, the team expects you to be like part of their team, like going forward. They didn't just randomly use a first overall pick on somebody that they're like, yeah, you might not side with us. Yeah, but there's other ways to protect first overall picks than by trading them, throwing them directly. Oh, you're gonna be our first line center this year go get him tiger you just you don't have to throw him to, straight into that there but a lot of these you don't teams, have the, to, the, but... the, the guys that did fail i mean uh yep uh nail yakupov he was a top line winger right the, the the year that he came into the league they expected him to go right in and and be a a, a top six guy well, I mean, the expectation of, of all the guys that get drafted in, as, at, at that young age in the first round. Yeah, Jump. but not everybody. Well, no, and that's why the older draft age, develop a year or two more, and voila. You got a better picture of what you got, and you're not, you know the kid's going to be shit uh, at 20 years old because he was shit at 18. <laughs> yeah, but see, then you're taking all the responsibility out of the coaching staff and the general manager's hands. If if they if they don't pan out and they're twenty years old, then it's the kids' fault, is what you're saying. As opposed to if they don't pan out when they're eighteen, then what? If they don't, it's if because don't it's because the coaching staff didn't didn't and, coddle them enough. Like what? What's the difference? If they don't pan out at eighteen and they still pick them, then that's on the coaching staff and the general managers, absolutely. Because you can you can have reflexes like, okay, this kid peaked at eighteen, but 19, his nineteen year old age, he he fell fell short. He did uh, went down twenty points, and then his twenty year old age, he jumped twenty points, but you're still high on him. So what you're saying is, it, using this logic, Eric Fair would have wound up being a number one overall pick at some point in his junior career. Around he was well, yeah, but he, no, he wasn't number one overall. But he did score 73 goals one year. Yeah, as a 20 year old. That's my point. So yeah. you want Eric Fair to be a number one overall pick? Absolutely did. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. So it works both ways here. Just because they're good when they're 20 doesn't mean that they're gonna. You know, meet your strict requirements of being able to cut it in the NHL as a number one overall pick. Eric Fair was also drafted before he was when he got to those uh, heights as well. The Caps just didn't have a room for him. Uh, okay, so so he wouldn't have done that stuff if he w hadn't been owned. If he, he was a free agent, he wouldn't have done that. 
Absolutely not. I don't. I don't think if he goes into the minor leagues or if he goes up to the Caps, he would warrant a first round pick. Absolutely not. If you redraft it, he is not a first round pick. Well, and I'm not saying. Okay, you're missing my point, or you're just being an asshole. I'm thinking, Either way, I think you're being the asshole on this one. Why I'm would just you just play devil's advocate here? Why would you not want to develop? Why do you like New Jersey so much? Exactly. <laughs> well, but I don't just. I just don't get. First of all, logistically, that's not going to work. Where are you going to find a bunch of nineteen and twenty-year-olds that aren't already drafted to have to push the the age limit back? Well, you start. Well, here's <laughs> start coming coming up now. So this like this is the last. You can say this is the last year that eighteen-year-olds will be drafted. We're moving the age limit up to nineteen. So what 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 what, what nineteen and twenty-year-olds are you going to find next year that aren't already drafted that are good enough to play in the it, NHL? Guys who weren't guys who weren't drafted this year. Obviously, there's yeah, plenty. I'm, con- I'm confused with that. <laughs> I'm confused with that question because if if the NHL decides you can't be drafted until you're 19, then now all of a sudden the people that were 18 this year are not being drafted, and they're being drafted next year as 19 year olds. Yeah, but at some point you have to change it from 19 to something older than 19 or 18 to something older than 18. And right. at that point, all the best 18 year olds that are now 19 because it's yeah, a year later screwed. are already gone. Because they, they got going? drafted last year. You see my point here? No, I know what you're you if it's If it's 2021 and you draft an 18-year-old, right? Yeah. And then the following season, you bump the age up to 19. All of the 19-year-olds got drafted in 2021. Yeah, and so all that right? happens for one year. Yeah. Happens okay. for one year and you pick 20-year-old kids from Sweden. <laughs> so, again, there's one year where you're already 300 players worth of talent or however many whatever you know 30 times six i guess or five or however many 150 kids that would have normally been the top kids in the draft are already gone so now you're you're down to whatever the rest of that is you don't have a legitimate first round anymore for that one season or what year yeah there have been worse years they were held in ottawa (laughs) there were fucking worse years you were absolutely right I think that if the NHL ever did that, then they just kind of bite the bullet for one year. Or they don't have a draft. It's still a weak fucking draft class. And you're like, yeah, no, we're just going to bump the age up. Fuck this. I mean, so- I, I don't know. I I had said earlier that I think that they're kind of stuck at this point. I don't think I don't think it's really an option, but, you know, it is what it is. It. I agree with both sides of the points because I realize that there are some 18 year olds that do make it to the nhl there are some 18 year olds that get drafted first overall that are expected to be in the nhl whether they like it or not and there are some 19 and 20 year olds that are absolutely fantastic players as well that you know if it got pushed up another year then you know you kind of screw one draft or something. I mean, last year would have been the best way to do this, right? Be just because mm-hmm. you know, shit was going down anyway. Fuck it, we're not going to have a draft. And then all uh, and oh, by the way, we're changing the draft age to nineteen, exactly. so all these guys are still eligible. That would have been but, perfect. Yeah, or you do it this year where you're not having it anywhere. You just have two rounds, and then like the NBA, and then the next year you move it move it up. So because all those eighteen year olds will be now nineteen, and then you got yourself, and you got yourself a stew going. I mean, if we're going to completely change the dynamic of the draft, why not, you know, let's not pussyfoot around here. Let's go all out. Sure. Each team has their own junior development team 
like they do in English Premier League. In the 70s, let's do this. You sign nine-year-olds to contracts, and then you put them through your development system. I would fucking love that. And then, you know. That's how Bobby Orr was. If they don't work out, you just don't re-sign them, and then they can go do whatever they want to do. And if they do work out, then they've been in your system since they were eight, and And then then they 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 can play for the big boy team. Lewandowski, who got cut by his first team, and now is the greatest goal scorer in Buddhist league history. Exactly. Like Bobby Orr never got drafted. He got signed. He got signed in 1961. And people Wayne have Gretzky been, people have been asking drafted. how the United States could, you know, have a, a junior system that rivals that of Canada. Well, there you go. Have each NHL team sponsor an academy, and then have. Oh. Coaches teams, all up I and like down it. the the academy that are affiliated with the the parent franchise. I do like this idea. Not gonna lie. So yeah, a really good idea. <laughs> I actually really like this idea, and I want this to happen. And then we don't have to draft at all because it's free market now. It's definitely true free market. I mean, you still have to live within the salary cap, which European oh, teams don't. Sure, sure. And if you want to add another wrinkle. Your academy has a salary cap too. Oh, <laughs> fine. Well, why are you paying your academy though? Yeah, why are you paying your nine-year-olds? They don't have they can, they don't have checking what, accounts. What bills do a nine-year-old? Does a nine-year-old? Well, doesn't have? didn't Messi have some sort of salary when he was at Barca's camp when he was like nine or ten? Probably his, his parents got paid. You know that. Oh, somebody got paid. Somebody definitely. got paid. Yes, somebody definitely made money. Off oh, of sure. off of Messi when he was like eight years old or nine years old. But I bless him. I mean, I'm not, I'm not paying these kids to play hockey. Oh, how well, about this? Thank how God about, for money. How about they just don't have to pay to play hockey? There it is. Yes, they, well, there you go. John, you, just, you just described the NHL. <laughs> yeah, because that, <laughs> that's plenty of money right there. There you go. Get and, the they get, and they get they the all, best. They're all using Bauer sticks. They yeah. get the best coaching, presumably the best coaching available in their region, Probably. assuming that they don't want to move too far away from home. True. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that you want to send a nine-year-old too far away from home. Right. Eh, look at the movie North. That movie was great. <laughs> Mark, what about? Mark hey, actually, a, Mark might have a three-year-old. Like now that you mention, now that you mention it, that movie, the movie Up was pretty good too. That nine-year-old <laughs> went pretty far away from home. Exactly. <laughs> he turned North, out okay. I like that idea, Mark, and I want that. I want. I want to subscribe to your newsletter because that okay. is fantastic. That was luck. That's going to be the only newsletter. So you're going to have to sign in the tech support, though. <laughs> you, um, you are more than welcome to take that idea and run with it for one of your columns, if you'd like. Columns? What am I? Fucking sports reporter? I'm a blogger, bro. You write. You write more columns than some of these other people. I don't ask as dumb questions as fucking Adrian Dater. Holy fuck! I didn't even see what he said, what he did this oh, time. Fuck. I've muted him for years as well. Oh, no. Uh, so he, uh, he, uh, he, he still apparently writes for the Avalanche. I don't know how. Interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, rehabilitating. Where's his latest thing? Because he was talking to, uh, to fucking uh, Nathan McKinnon post game. Okay. Uh, Jesus Christ. Where is, where is the verbatim of this? He runs. He's a blogger now because he got fired from the post for harassing women on Twitter. Oh, even better. Oh, um, so Dater says said this to Nathan McKinnon, who's at the dais, just you know, after they lose, after the story about him being a choke artist days before. 
uh-huh. says, I'm just thinking out loud in your shoes now. And this is verbatim. I'm just thinking out loud in your shoes right now. All right, we're done. We we've done all we can do. We've done all the game planning. Maybe just fuck it. We'll go in next year and not think and just win this thing when we don't think that much. Am I on the right path at all? Like maybe this guy's thinking too much. McKinnon's answer: No. Rolled his eyes and tried to get somebody to get him off the dais. Nice thinking oh out loud God. in your shoes. How many different uh, analogies can you cram together into one? Amounts of fixation in this one. <laughs> My God, God, <laughs> and these are people that still get press credentials, though, right? This is that's the funny thing is they get credentials, and we're sitting here trying to find affiliations that'll help us get credentials. It's fucking unbelievable. So Adrian Dater doing great, doing great work as a blogger now. Wow. Uh, my God, I never, and, I didn't realize he got fired from the posts. <laughs> Let's be that. You know, he, he he was uh, sliding in some uh, some girls' DMs and being a scumbag. So perfect. I mean, that that's normally what happens. That's the downfall of uh, of fake celebrities. Well, listen, here's here's the thing, man, and I don't know about you, but. I've heard stories about just how soaking wet people get when they know you're a hockey journalist on the mm-hmm. Beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. It's true. Actually, yeah. The amount, like, honestly, it's we're talking like Aerosmith in the 70s. Yeah. Kind yeah. of pennies on your car as you're trying to finish a deadline. Yeah. All right. what, like, think, what, what do you think took Larry Brooks so long to write his his uh, columns? Like, he, he's not a two-finger typer for nothing, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they called him. <laughs> yeah, the other eight fingers were busy. <laughs> Minivan. Um, he's a puppeteer, oh this man. <laughs> oh, God. I just have visions of, like, a sprinter van with no windows. <laughs> Problem, problem is with dating a journalist, they have to pr- have a press conference afterwards. <laughs> As they should, really, let's be honest. Talk about the sex. <laughs> hey, people are asking questions. They're actually, they're asking her questions. Scene to the, scene to the third minute, things got a little... little <laughs> what do you need you to bounce back on this one? <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean uh, looking at the footage, you guys looked a little tired. What? Uh, don't you think that that was that was probably a long shift to start the game? Don't you think? Exactly. Hey, it seemed like it took a while to get going. What do you guys do? Uh, what you guys do to get things going there? Yeah. She About goes halfway through. You seem to get your stick tangled in your uh, in your in your legs in your skates. What happened there? Don't seem to micromanage there, but it seemed like it took a took a little bit of a break. Kind of kind of fell off there in the middle. Uh, wasn't too much movement there. Can you talk about that? <laughs> Have you ever faked a celebration? <laughs> it seems like you weren't as excited as your teammates on that one. Talk about that. Now it would be great though. It would be great. Like after sex, you like roll over to the corner and there's like four other guys that are like tap head taps and everything. And yeah. they're like, Yeah, good job. <laughs> I've <laughs> was... out stories about that. <laughs> what, what was it like being out there this year without fans? <laughs> Oh man. Well, I mean, sometimes though they're they're performing for OnlyFans. Right. That's true. <laughs> uh what do you uh, can I get your comment about being subbed out there in the middle? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it didn't seem like you wanted to pull out I mean, come out of the game. 
Uh, tough come from behind victory. How'd you get it done? <laughs> well, sometimes you just got you. You got to get pucks in deep. Uh, you got to you got to work in the dirty spots. And uh, can't, can't be a hero out there. Yeah, can't be a hero. You got to hit the crease hard sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, especially uh-huh. when you find. I mean, when you find yourself wide open in front of the slot, you need to take it. <laughs> Uh, what were you doing down there or late in the game? It seemed like you got a little bit shook there. Yeah, I had my head down. I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Next thing you know, I just you know came to, and here we are, the trainer. At what point <laughs> did you make the decision to pull your goalie? <laughs> uh, it seems like you could have used a couple more years of junior development. What? <laughs> and there we go, full circle. <laughs> oh man. God, this would be this is really good. Uh, Listen, don't say we can't riff on things, folks. Do you think that uh I do think that we have some good we have some good off the cuff uh randomness? That's what we're still known for. <laughs> I'm just gonna put down post sex press conference. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Post sex presser. <laughs> presser, hardly know her. Anyway, folks, we got some news. Gerard Gallant named New York Rangers head coach. Oh, All right. How about that? Out of left field a little bit. I don't know how he got out of the clutches of the Kraken, but that's fine. Somehow, man. It's, you know, he read the books. He read Davy Jones's locker. By the way, if they, don't, if they don't have a sports or if they don't have a part in the concourse called Davy Jones's locker, that's a bar. I'm going to be fucking upset. It's true. That is true. Uh, Brad Larson was named uh, Columbus Blue Jackets head coach, a uh, former assistant coach under John Tortorella, and he got choked up when asked about John Tortorella too. Um, about uh, you know, <laughs> where did John Tortorella get into the, the <laughs> questioning room from? Yeah, God damn it, Brad, you got me again. You took my job, you bastard. <laughs> uh, also with the Columbus Blue Jackets, Rick Nash named uh, director of player development. So. We talk about the need for a uh, culture change in Columbus last week with everyone leaving. Now people are coming back. Here we go, baby. That's still not going to tip the needle, so fuck them. Uh, awards have been given out, which I love the idea of this award concept being given out once a day like every other fucking sport. We don't have a big ceremony. Uh, Pekka Rene won the King Clancy. Oscar Lindblom won the uh, won the Masterton, obviously. Lay up mm-hmm. on that one. <laughs> fucking, I don't even know why we held that. We should just... <laughs> To just announce it as the nominees were announced. Yeah, there, there was no reason to hold, even hold that one. <laughs> the nominees were the uh, Masterton Trophy uh, for dedication and perseverance in the name of hockey, Oscar Lindblom, and uh, come on, really, fucking really? Yeah. <laughs> it would it would have been awesome if like two or three of the other teams also non- nominated Lindblom as their nominee. <laughs> yeah. It's like nobody from my team deserves it. Give it to that guy. You like this a new word of structure? Just giving them out as during the week. I love it. I mean, I'm sure. fine with it. Um, I find out about it on this show anyway, so it's no different to me. Love it. <laughs> um, uh, Stephen Johns retires at the N- uh, from the NHL at age 29. The former Blackhawks and Dallas Stars defenseman oh. suffered post concussion syndrome. Yeah. Um, so he is done. He was at the. Uh, I think he was the guy at the Puck Daddy thing in Dallas. He was. Yep. So that's good. It's funny. It was good. So uh, uh, I, I do appreciate on the rundown how you only put like initials 
So it's like, wow, Brie Larson became a coach and Sean John retired. <laughs> Sean John. <laughs> Got the right. Not Sean Paul. Sorry. Sean John was a merchandise wear from Puff Daddy. Yeah. Uh, Augusta, Augustana University in Sioux Falls, South Dakota is looking to join D1 hockey. There's no timeline for the start. <laughs> Think in the 2023 season, nice that could happen. So it'll be the first South Dakota uh, Division One hockey school. So there is that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We would like to welcome on a man, a myth, a legend, a guy who faces off against a, inanimate objects from time to time. You know him from SpectresHockey.net. You know him from Fox Sports. You know him from this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Lyle. Richardson. You're loving that mix board way too much. <laughs> but by the way, quick question: is is that from the home office in Sioux City, Iowa, that you were talking about earlier? Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Close. Oh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. My my mistake. Sorry. Sorry. I was it's thinking. Top ten reasons why we're not Sioux City, Iowa. Exactly. <laughs> and number ten. So so, how's the new board working out for you? So far, so good. Uh, I got I got slidey things so I can get down with my vocal cords. So, yeah, that's really something about. It. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> uh, the I, I, I enjoyed the picture you posted up of it on 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 the uh, the Twitterscape there. It's, uh, it works good. It's it's got a nice boom to it, so I like it. At first, I thought the board was actually a Lyle, but it said pile. Pile. Shazam! <laughs> it's a Lyle board. That means it's full of lots of uh, ridiculous, trivial information from 50 years ago that nobody gives a shit about except me. There you go. That actually, there you go. And probably that'd be great for bar <laughs> trivia night. <laughs> hey, while we were talking about the the uh, the uh, draft, and mm-hmm. we were kind of talking about a little bit about Owen Power saying, you know what, maybe I'll go back to Michigan. Um. But then we talked about raising the draft age, and, and Mark brought up a good point about the logistics possibly getting in the way of this, and then also brought up a great point about NHL teams having academies, like in football, mm. like much much akin to the C the C uh, forms they did back in the '60s and '70s. Mm. And today, um, <laughs> raising the draft age uh, could be a logistical nightmare. But personally, I think that's probably not a bad idea. Oh, I want to see that happen. I've been I've been saying that for years. They should make the draft age twenty. There we go. You know? wow. I mean, even Lyle go up just to, took out two years. <laughs> yeah, no, guy. But I mean, listen, if you want to raise it to nineteen, I'm fine with that as well. I think though, twenty is the more ideal. You know, um, that gives that gives these kids uh, a little more time to develop. Because let's be honest, and we've talked about this before, guys. There are very very few players um, who are you know, drafted first overall or whatever, who could be considered at 18 to be a can't miss prospect. You have your exceptions. You have your Ovechkins. You have your Crosbys. You have your Bobby Orr's and your Mario Lemieux's, of course. But um, most of these kids, they're usually not ready. You think back to somebody like your Joe Thornton's, you know. Joe Thornton has had a great, long, successful NHL career. And it was very obvious painfully obvious in his first NHL season that despite being a big lad, he wasn't ready for the NHL at that age. The following season, yes, he was. But, you know, now they said, well, that first season that he spent in Boston with the, oh, that was, that did him a world of good. And sure, that did him a world of good, I guess. Um, You know, but 
wouldn't it have done him better? Maybe a little bit better good, perhaps, for if I, as I mangle my English, because some people have a way with words and other people are not that way. Um, <laughs> would that not be, though, would, it, would he have not been best served maybe staying in junior another year? You know, maybe if it was possible, splitting his time between junior and then maybe going to, uh, you know, their AHL affiliate. Hell, send him overseas for a year to play. They do that now. Hello, Austin Matthews. But, you know, they do that too. Right? So, you know, uh, most of these kids really aren't fully ready at 18. I would like to see them go at, at 20. But I would not be adverse if they do adverse, adverse. Yes, I'm adverse. To, I would not be averse if they raised it by a year to age 19. Okay, I'll ask the same question to you that I asked to Scotty. What, what is the benefit of an extra year's worth? Uh, what is it just for scouting purposes? Like, how are they going to be any better at picking players that wind up making it to the NHL after just one more year of maturity? Well, you just said the magic word, maturity. You can say, well, what's a year between 18 and 19? Physically, that's a world of difference between 18 and 19 for some of these kids. You know, it can also emotionally, mentally also benefit them as well. You know, I mean, let's be honest, you know, as I said, yeah, you know, that's why I, that's why I push for these kids to go at 20, you know, between 18 and 20. There's usually, a, you know, a fair bit of maturity going on in those two years, you know, which I think makes them better equipped by that age to be able to handle uh, the demands of the NHL, which is why I like seeing these kids that are in college hockey saying, no, I'm going to stay uh, in university for another year. No, I'm going to stay for two years. You know, it makes it easier, I believe, mentally and physically to make that transition to the big league game. <clears throat> Okay. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. But Well, look at how many kids got ruined by being rushed too quickly. You know, who okay, got drafted but... in the first round. And it didn't have to be, and it don't have to be first round pick, like first overall pick. It could have been a first round pick. They come in, oh, gee, they look good in training camp. Or, you know, you have a general manager who's incompetent. Or you have an See, owner is. who is impatient. There it and is. is desperate for a star and looks at this kid and goes, geez, he looks great in preseason. Put him in the roster now. So, and we see the kids get ruined. So then uh, <clears throat> is it really the 18-year-old's fault that he wasn't mature enough or is it the coaching staff and the front office's fault for trying to rush a kid? I mean, it, you you have, you know, three times as many cases probably where it didn't work out as to the ones yeah. that oh. turned out to be legitimate superstars when they stepped on the ice immediately after getting drafted. But what's the kid going to say, Mark? Is the kid going to say, you know, hey, kid, we think you're good enough to play in the NHL right now. What's he going to say? No. Most of them don't have the emotional maturity to sit down and, and say, you know, oh, gee, Mr. General Manager, I'd rather go back to my uh, team for another year. But then but then that, that like, kind of leans into my point here. It's, it's on the coaching staff to be able to recognize sometimes. Yeah, but you can't it, trust a lot of them, too. Okay. Okay. So we're we're pulling responsibility well. out of the yeah. coaches in front offices' hands to be able to, to just so they don't they don't have the responsibility of. Oh, they did that with the cap. <laughs> I mean, the salary cap was to save the general managers and owners from sure. themselves, and failed miserably, as we all know. So I had asked a question before uh, Mark or Lyle got on. Uh, are these teams? that are picking the first overall draft pick in the draft so bad 
that they think that this 18-year-old, no matter who they are, is going to move the needle for their team and or sell jerseys. And that's why that they rush these kids into the NHL if they're, I mean, a top 10 pick, maybe. Because, like, after that, after top 10, you probably don't really need to rush a 26th overall pick into the NHL, right? But, you know, maybe the top 5 or 10, the teams are just so bad that they're looking for anything and hoping something sticks. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I, I definitely think that's part of it, John. I mean, we, we've seen many examples of it, you know, throughout NHL history. We really have. Kids being rushed before they're ready, and it either totally messes them up so that they never come back, or, you know, you get some who are able to at least, you know, have the, the emotional maturity at that young age to be, at least be able to adapt and adjust and come back strong, because for some of these kids, it absolutely crushes their confidence. Absolutely crushes their confidence. They've been told they're great, 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 great. They get a friggin' taste of the NHL. They're not good enough because they were rushed before they were ready. And some of these kids never bounce back from that. You know, they, they never do. And, you know, some do, some don't. And it's like I said, I, I honestly believe that even just an extra year, age 19, would help. I would prefer 20, you know. But, <clears throat> again... Because, like I said, these kids are not going to be in any position at 18, 19, or 20 if a coach or general manager says, kid, you're ready to join right now to turn around and say no. To say, well, no, I don't think I'm ready, coach. I, I want to go back to junior for another year. I want to go back to my college team for another year. I think maybe I should go down to, 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 the, to the minors for a year. They're not going to do that. They're going to do what they're freaking told to do. And like I said, sorry, but... <sighs> At the at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, some of it is 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 like I said, you know, incompetent coaches and in management, or impatient owners, or impatient coaches. As to your point, Johnny, teams that are so bad, they're they're looking, they're desperate to look for anything to move the needle, you know. And sorry, but yeah, Boston or Boston, <laughs> Freudian slip. They need no, a goalie. Buffalo because they both start with B. Buffalo is definitely the poster child for that. You know, Buffalo is just. Oh man, like <laughs> if you're Owen Power, where would you rather be? <laughs> you know, would you do you want to go to that gong show and and have your you know have somebody you know Kevin Adams be impatient, have the Pagulas you know pushing him to put him into a uniform before he's ready, or do you want a kid who's smart enough to say, no, nah, you know what, I want another year in university. I'll take two years in university and then I'll come back. Not saying he doesn't want to play for Buffalo, he does, but just saying. I'm be smart enough to recognize I'm not ready yet. And that's the great thing about these kids being these kids who are in your in in your uh, your college systems in the states. You know, that's the one advantage they have. They can turn around and say, thanks for picking me. Delighted to be part of your team down the road. I'm going to go back. I want to go back to university. I want to further my education, blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is, yeah, some of them, maybe they want to further education. Some of them want to get more experience at college level. Some of them just may not be in a big, in a big hurry right now. They have that flexibility. Whereas if they're in junior, <laughs> you know, then it's really pretty much up to the NHL team to decide if they're going to stay in junior or not. Sometimes, you know, if the kid has a good agent and the kid is a strong enough will, he can say, you know, maybe to say, listen, you know, I I'm, would be better off with another year there in junior. But that can work against them. It's like, oh, kid wants to stay in junior. Mm, it's lack of, com lack of confidence, you know, not a good thing. 
in junior, like kids in junior, if, if the NHL team says you're ready to come up and join us now, they're not going to say no. But if they're in the university system, well, they're saying, no, listen, I, I want to spend another year. And, and the NHL teams are like, OK, yeah, no, sure. No, that's fine. You, you go ahead and do that. That's the one thing I have noticed. And the kids in the American university system, it, you know, and that includes the Canadian kids playing in there, too. If they're saying, no, nah, I want to go back to school for another year. Oh, yeah, NHL team. No, they're cool with that. You know, but if they come into the Canadian junior system, oh, boy, yeah, I'm going to the NHL. Hey, my boy's going to be in the big league. So is yeah. NCAA like an in-between step? Then, like, it, it, could a kid go from junior to to college no. and then? Nope, he's not eligible under NCAA rules because right. he's made money. Because he's paying money in junior. Junior is not considered amateur. It's yeah, well, make money if you want to consider the friggin' pittance they're paid. Yeah, making money. Yeah. But sure, yeah. fine, they're making money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As only for college rules, really I understand what you're saying. Like they go to Europe and pull like a Austin Matthews type thing. Pretty much, yeah. And that was, by the way, that was I. I applauded Austin Matthews doing that. That did him a world of good. I'm actually surprised we story. haven't seen more people do that since mm-hmm. he did it. Yeah, we saw it a lot in the mid '90s with Samsonov and Stefan playing in the IHL, mm-hmm. and and that just didn't that hadn't carry over because minor league minor leagues. There's no real independent minor leagues now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean the USHL is just uh, and the NHL is just properties of the NCAA by and large because a lot of these kids filter into those D1 programs. Uh, but you don't have an independent minor league that has the ability to house these guys, so they have to go over to Europe and do it. And like you said, Johnny, I'm very surprised not not more prospects go do that. Yeah, yeah. As I said, because that, yeah, that absolutely did Austin Matthews a world of good doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then you have something like one of the, the one of, I think one of the very few good things that came out of that season killing lockout in 2004-05 was there oh. were a, there oh. were a lot of kids. No, but there were a lot of lot of kids who wound up staying in the A, going to the AHL, spending a year there. Perfect case in point was Stahl. Eric Stahl. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. First year he played like he okay. Yeah, you could you could see potential during his rookie year, but he didn't do very much at all. Yeah, you, know, you could tell he was overwhelmed being in the NHL level. He goes to the AHL, spends more spends a full year there, and when he came back. Well, after the lockout, the kid was an absolute beast. I mean, he had Jesus. I mean, he, he did, did. Didn't he lead the team that year in scoring? I believe he did. Pretty damn close if he didn't. He had over 100. That was the only season he had well, over 100 he points. He helped lead him to a Stanley Cup, for fuck's sake. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, he had uh, 45 goals and exactly 100 points. Yep, that was his only 100-point season in memory, sir. Team in playoff points as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all of that just from... You know, which just goes to show, yeah, as an 18-year-old, probably wasn't a good idea for the Carolina Hurricanes at the time to bring him up and let him play as a rookie. He would have been better off either back in ju- either in junior for another year or, as I said, yeah, going going to the AHL. Uh, and, of course, he played for the Lowell Lock Monsters, former member of the BCM Hockey Net. So yeah, we had a first. lot of his games uh, on, the, uh, on the channel. So that was good. All right. Enough about the draft, Lyle. More about Buffalo, though. The Jack Eichel rumors, they're a heating up, Lyle. Oh, the Pierre Lebrun. The Pierre Lebrun. Arakata. And she can tell you, Jack Eichel, he's not going to be said. He said, fuck yourselves. <laughs> uh, or something so, like that. Yeah. Something like that. Pierre Lebrun said, nobody said the Stanley Cup playoffs had to be over before Jack Eichel potentially gets moved. Um, what I'm hearing is that there's conversation between the Buffalo Sabres and other interested teams that are getting more intense. And serious. 
Mm. Yeah. So mm. the day before the final starts, they're going to announce this trade, and the NHL uh, fucking hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Gary Bettman's nightmare on the very day of the, of the final game of the Stanley Cup final. The Buffalo Sabres trade Jack Eichel to whatever non-playoff team there is. Oh, uh, yeah, the fucking... Well, that'd be, there'd be 30 of them. So yeah, did I see him? Did I see LeBron suggest that that the Los Angeles Kings were among them? I believe he. Someone suggested that because well, initially I when when I did we said last week something sometime like that. Yeah, that it was. Yeah, well, the the interesting thing about that though, John Hoven, who's the uh, Los Angeles Kings blogger, Uh the mayor of the the mayor of the manor, if you will. But anyway, I touched base with him on that. Um, is I had done a piece several weeks prior, <clears throat> you know, for, for Bleach Report. Did a slideshow! Wait, hold on, hold on. Slideshow! Wow. Here's the word. There you go. Here's the word. He started it, man. I cannot be faulted if Scotty does something that makes me think of him as an obscure, you know, reference and off we go. So anyway, um, what were we talking about again? Oh, yeah, yeah, we don't do, we don't do obscure references on this show, Lyle. No, we don't. Uh, but Jack Eichel. But no, anyway, um, spoke with John about that because when I did that slideshow up for Bleach Report several weeks ago and it was just okay where could Eichel possibly go? And it was just, all right, which I was just looking at the teams that, that had the assets and the cap space that could be able to afford them. And the Kings were the obvious choice. So I put the Kings in there. But when all this stuff started bubbling to the surface here about a week ago, I contacted John and I said, look, you know, what do you think? And based on everything he's heard uh, from his sources, the Kings aren't going that route. They're not going for Jack Eichel. You know, they're they're looking at more affordable. They're looking at mid range, like guys that are in their late twenties that are that have maybe two or three years left on their contract. They're looking for transitional guys until their kids that are in their system, the guys like Quentin Byfield and and Turcotte and all these other kids are ready to go. So those are the type of guys that they're looking at. They're not looking at a guy like Jack Eichel apparently. Um, and so there are no rumors of Eichel to the Kings. The only thing I've heard of Eichel to the Kings, it's just, been su- it's just been suggested, but it's just been suggested by, you know, by guys like, like LeBron or Frank Saravalli and that sort of thing. Maybe Valky can still get traded to the Kings. I hope so. God, I hope so. Let's make that, let's will that into existence. I, I've heard that uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov and a second round pick will get the job done. <laughs> sure would. God's ears that we can make that happen. The problem is... Oh. But, but the the thing is though that gets me. But it again, if it wasn't for Jack Eichel's neck injury, I would be like, oh yeah, absolutely, this is going to happen. And far, listen, Pierre LeBron's better connected to me, and I'm not definitely not disparaging him because he's one of the guys I respect in this business. But how intense are these talks? And and who like They're what teams is not intense? I, what teams are willing to take the gamble on a guy? who's got an injured neck, who mm. wants this surgery that the Sabres are like, oh, no, no, we, we don't want you to do that because it's never been done on an NHL player before and they're afraid if he has it, he may not be able to play and that's it. Now they're, you know, they're stuck with this asset that they're going to be paying 10 million bucks to for the rest of their damn, well, not the rest of their there are There are 31 other teams that would take that chance. No, no, they're, Johnny, no, there aren't. 
I can tell you right now with certainty, no, there aren't. Well, there are teams that but can't afford there him. Are team, there are teams who will take that chance. But Jesus Christ, if you're going to go for this, if you're going to pay out draft picks, top prospects, and and you're going to take on a guy that's making 10 mil a season for the next, what is it, six years? Jesus Christ, you got to be sure, man. you got to be sure this guy's 100%. Because if he's not... Oh my God! You this would be this would be one of those trades that you would look back on as in that's right that's the moment the franchise went into the toilet that's the moment and I would say that like if if let's say the Montreal Canadiens did that Please if I the, the Canadians were in on this I'd be I would be nervous as a Habs fan I would be nervous because it's like but what if he's not a hundred percent what if you're getting Jack Eichel at fifty percent and you're paying him ten mil a season for the next six years. I said that could be the trade that freaking sets you back a decade, man, mm-hmm. for the assets you're going to give up. So I know there are teams that would probably be desperate doing hi Arizona, um, <laughs> you know. But man, you got to be sure. You got to be sure. That's, gotta be sure. Because man, that's a big investment. That's a big, big investment. Again, if he was 100, like- oh yeah, absolutely, go get him. But Mm-hmm. Not right now. I would want. I would want to know that this guy is going to be healthy before I'm willing to pony up that much money and that many assets to get him. Because you're talking multiple picks. You're talking top prospects. You're probably going to have to give up at least one of your good young roster players to get him. I. I. So I get that. I feel like. I feel like there are teams that are going to probably lowball this and be like, well, we tried. Well, they're going to show. Oh, sure. And they're not going to they're not even going to be in near the near the, you know, mm. asking price for mm. Eichel. But at the end of the day, like this is a massive like you said, this is a massive risk reward type yeah. of thing for yeah. any organization. And there are places that have this cap space that mm. would if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know, type of thing. And they just kind of are like, oh, oh, well, you know, like, I mean, I kind of, I know that he's not as good as Bo Jackson was at the time, but like Bo Jackson with his hip, if he would have been able to have been traded because, you know, like five years after the fact, you could actually fix what Bo Jackson's career ended because of. Like, Bo Jackson was so good that that was a risk that you could take. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, eh, all right. I mean, if he never plays again, like. But in a cap system, though, Johnny. But in a cap I, uh, system. And 10 million a season. I mean, seven, eight mil, that, that's high enough. But 10 yeah. mil a season. That's one eighth of your cap space gone on one player. So you got to be sure. But you does it. Sure. But what if, if he's not healthy wouldn't it just go on ltir yeah but see this this is the thing yeah you can you can put a guy on ltir absolutely but ltir only works if you're up against the cap if you're sitting at 72 mil you can't put him on ltir you can't do that now if you're sitting at 80 mil sure put him on ltir you can use that equivalent cap space and go nuts and bring in players up to the equivalent of of his of his cap hit but that's still a lot of money to pay out. Like, yes, in building a roster that gives you cap relief to maintain a roster for the season. 
but yeah. you're still paying out. That owner is, is still paying out 10 mil on top of the 81 mil that he's paying out for the rest of the roster. So in fact, he's paying out $91.5 million instead of $81.5 million. And some owners ain't going to like that. That's yeah. why, that's why you see some teams try and trade guys who are on permanent long-term injury reserve, you know, so they can just get it off their books because it's, it's a real headache for the, for these guys. It really is a headache because you, Oh, well you can put them on in the off season, but then he has to come up before the season starts. You have to make sure you can't comply before you can put it back on. And it's just, yeah, it's it's just a real, real nightmare. That's why that's why you see guys like you know, even guys like David Clarkson get bouncing around. Now, his cap hit wasn't as bad as as yeah. as it was uh, still bad. Uh, it's pretty but terrible. Five point two five mil, you know, that's still a fair chunk of change, and that's why you saw that kind of get kicked around like a hot potato until it finally landed in Toronto because they really wanted the cap space. So you know, but. That's only in a final year where you, if the guy only has a year or two left on it, you're like, oh, yes, we could make use of that. Thank you. But if you're a team sitting there going, Jesus Christ, five more fucking years of this, you know, trying to yeah. make it all work and juggle it up. Uh, they'd rather have that off their books. So it's 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 not as as wonderful as people think it is. That's why when when I hear people bitching about the Tampa Bay Lightning had nothing advantage because Nikita Kucherov was was hurt and gone for the whole season, but then he could come back in the playoffs because the cap doesn't count then. So they cheated. It's wrong. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up. That's not how it works. They yeah. did cheat though. I'm just kidding. Fucking a fraud. It was legalized. It was it was cap circumvention and totally legal underneath under the salary cap, and every NHL team can do it. Chicago Blackhawks did it in 2015 yeah. with uh, Patrick Kane. Oh, yeah. he used that cap space to bring in three players that helped them win the Stanley Cup that year. And Malkin every fucking year and curse the things. Yeah, but every team can do that. You know, I mean, they had a chance to get that off to get that out of the CBA last year. And they didn't do it. Now it's either because they either didn't have enough time to really negotiate the intricacies of it because there's so that that's just opening up a, a oh god a kettle of nasty fish that you don't. Well, want they might have explained it the same way as the NHL entry draft last season. So, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, but it, it's like I said, they either didn't have time to negotiate it, or what I think is no, they thought they thought about it, and every general manager and no team owner thought. No, we can live with it because it could work to our advantage someday. Yeah. yeah. So I'm more inclined to think, yeah, that's why it stayed. Because I do know that folks, including myself, were surprised that that stayed in the CBA extension when it was announced last year. We're like, oh, they didn't get rid of that. I thought some of these general managers didn't like it. Well, evidently not enough of them to, to, to change the rule or get rid of it. And you can't get rid of it because, oh, my God, that now you're handcuffing teams, you know, for guys who got hurt, right? So, yeah. There we go. Um, next, next topic. Uh, mutual interest between the Boston Bruins and the Taylor Hall. Shocking that he uh, he sees this team. They are a very good team. He played very well on a very good team. Mm-hmm. Fucking crazy how that all fits in. I what? know. What's it going to take to get uh, Mister Taylor Hall into a Bruins uniform for the long? Let's say five years. Five years. Five years. Five years? Is that what literally going to get him? He's looking for term over dollars. Now, that doesn't mean that, oh, he's going to take, like, league minimum or two or three mil a season. Jason Spezza, everybody. 
Yeah, exactly. He's not going to be the counter trophy every year. Spezza taking 750K. No. I like it. I like Jason Spezza's quote. I would have went for less. No, you wouldn't have. Shut up. Lime motherfucker. No, you wouldn't. He actually couldn't. Yeah, no problem. Exactly. Under league rules, you can't. But that, that, okay. It just goes to show, I mean, you know, you know that Jason Spezza made a lot of money in his career and still has a lot of money when he sits down and says, ah, I would have took less. You know? Yeah, exactly. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but in, in terms of Taylor Hall, he want, he wants term. And, you know, five years, I think he'd be happy to – five years at, say, 5.5 to 6 mil a season, I think he would jump all over that. I think he'd be very happy to take that. Yeah. I guess you can call him the term – Terminator. Enhance that. The Terminator. Something like that. Thank you. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there we go. All yeah. one term for Boston. Yep. All right. Uh, you like the way the awards are being rolled out? I love how they're doing this. Oh, my God, I love it. I wish they would do this every year. They won't, of course, because Gary Bettman and the NHL Brain Trust seem to think that hockey fans really want to see their version of a Hollywood-style award show in Vegas where NHL players are sitting there in their finery with their spouses looking uncomfortable, wishing they could be uh, do, you know working the tables or whatever rather than be sitting there. You know, putting up with two hours of bad puns by has been and never was. You know, hey, don't talk music. about Scotty like that. <laughs> Scotty would be awesome at that. If he, if Scotty was the MC of the NHL award show, he'd only yeah. do it once. But by fuck, it would be memorable. Yeah, Scotty <laughs> would be midway. they would not ask him back. But holy yeah. shit, man, that'd be the one year you'd be able to talk truth to power. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> You would be, sir, you would be Stephen Colbert at the 2005 uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner, talking truth to power. That's what you would be. I, I, I like the more Ricky Gervais at the Emmys. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one, too. Or Kevin Hart at, or Dave Chappelle at anything he does. Yes, um, absolutely. It, 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 what Kevin Hart would have been like at the Grammys that one year had he yeah. know, been yeah. able to go. Yeah, sure. But I love that they're doing it this way, that they're just they're announcing it. You have the, uh, you know, the player remotely saying thank you very much and all that. You know, the 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 acceptance actually looks a lot more heartfelt. For one. They're yeah. relaxed. They're comfortable. They're at home. They're doing it. Do it like that every year. My God, we don't want to see, you know, the this this third rate friggin music act up there trying to get people to sing along. We want to see bad magicians. We don't want to see has-beens and never-wers up there trying to do snappy pattern that nobody enjoys. I will Fuck not, I will not stay, sit here and have the Shaka Khan erasure going on your head. I don't need that in my life. I love Shaka Khan. I do. But I just don't want to see her in an award show like that. No, thank you. I know it's a gig. It's a paid gig. I, I get it, you know, but hey. She, she went through the fire. It's true. Sorry, I just want Shaka Khan to tell me something good. <laughs> tell me that you love me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's it. You got it, Mick. That's a great jam. Yeah, it's like, she on. is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
saying. We're yeah, I, I'd be the You're fan just of saying that you don't want to have that in your life. I understand that, Lyle. I don't want to know. What if the I'm NHL just life, put out like the NHL award show? Or uh, or they use the Instagram TV to still put out musical acts. No, it would it would definitely would be fleets and stories and every like thirty second thing that it races after twenty four hours. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So. No. Green Day. They still have Green Day on contract. That's oh, where they do. Fuck. Uh, and I love Green Day, but I don't love Green Day now. I love Green Day. I love Green Day from 1994 from Dookie. I love Green Day from American Idiot. That's as far as we go. Okay. After that, we cut ties. <laughs> By the way, Johnny, when the fuck did Kevin Scott become 6'3", 200, and he doesn't have a college yet? I know, right? What the fuck? God damn. God. You want to talk about a kid who's going to get looked at this weekend? You fucking right there. Good. Jesus Christ. Good. He should. He's a fucking beast on the blue line. Him and fucking... Um, uh, Kill Cullen. I like Kill Cullen a lot Kill too. Kill Cullen is good too. Yeah. This is, our, this is our Maryland Black Bears prospect report as uh, the top prospects tournament going down this weekend in Blaine, Minnesota. Your boy is going to be there. So um, it's going to be a four and a half hour drive. Fuck. God damn it. But the problem is, I'm only going across one state. That's the worst part about living in the Midwest. Jesus. You can go four and a half hours, you just go through one state. And wow. even, it's fucking the worst. Four and a half hours. I was in New York. I was past New York. Hey, yeah, yeah. Johnny drives four and a half hours wherever he's at. He's like four or five states away. At, and that's including if he goes through Delaware. So, right. Yeah. It's not even a state. Yeah, you go through that uh, the little the little foreskin that is Virginia there on the Delmarva Peninsula. Uh-huh. <laughs> you fucking right in North Carolina after that. Very true. <laughs> Ah, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Dougie Hamilton getting approval to talk to other teams. Mm. Who's the front runner in that one? Dougie Hamilton, bit of a, uh, an, an enigma, as it were, uh, considering he is uh, he's a good player. It mm-hmm. just he's very to himself. And Carolina seemed like a good fit at the time. It it still may very well be. There's there's nothing saying that he won't uh, you know that he won't still sign with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, I think he's just kind of interested to see what's out there in the market. And, you know, after that, if, 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 uh, he can come back to them and say, okay, these are the offers I got, you know, what do you, what do you bring to the table? Oh, yours is better. Fine. Yeah. I'll take that kind of avoid, uh, you know, the BS leading up to, uh, to the UFA deadline on July 28th. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting development, and I mean, hey, Jesus, it's great for guys like me because now I can crank out two weeks' worth of articles about potential destinations for Dougie Hamilton. Uh, you know, the whole thing here, though, is is the wild card in all of this, though, is is the Hurricanes owner, Tom Dundon, because he... Let's be honest. He, he, he sits down, he has a number in mind. I read this, I read this, I can't remember who wrote, but I, I read this 12. today. Is that he has a number in mind, and if you exceed that number, see you later. He's not interested. He's not willing to negotiate any higher. Uh, so that could be that that could ultimately deter because Hamilton yeah. wants to stay. He wants to stay in Carolina. He's had a great three years there. Their blue line is built around him and Jacob Slavin as their top pairing, and so you know that Dom Waddell wants him to stay. Brenda Moore wants it. Everybody wants him to stay, but it's Tom Dundon. Is yeah. Dundon willing to come up and break? If Dundon is offering 7.5 mil and he says, well, let's say, oh, pick a team, doesn't matter. Let's say the, the Philadelphia Flyers offer 8.5 mil. Is he willing to come up to that to match it? 
I don't think so. If we go by his previous history and everything that's been said about this guy. Jeez. Is there any in time that burns him? I'm sorry? Is there any point in time that that burns him by being as uh, frugal as he is? Oh, oh, oh yeah, it, it will. It will burn. It, it will burn him when these guys come up, come to close to UFA eligibility, like Dougie Hamilton. You know, if Dougie Hamilton was an RFA, tough shit, kid. Take it or leave it. Well, you got no choice. You're gonna have to take it. Sit out. Fuck you. You're gonna get. You're gonna get paid what we want to pay you. Arbitration rights. Fuck you. I'm paying you what you're gonna get paid. UFA. Mm, now Dougie calls the tune, and you're gonna see if he's gonna stick that to that way. If he doesn't sign Dougie Hamilton. Then what's going to happen with Sebastian Ajo? What's going uh-huh. to happen with with Fetchnikov? What's going to happen with Slavin? You know, all these guys who are core players who who have played key roles in turning the Hurricanes into one of the top teams in the NHL. What's going to happen if he sits down and says, "Right, I'm thinking of a number, and if you exceed it, you're gone," and they all go. The number is between one and ten. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a really shitty version of high low. Well, well, remember, you know, the only reason why Sebastian Ajo got the contract he did was because, you know, uh, Mark Bergevin of Montreal said, well, oh, fuck it. Let's let's throw this rather lame offer out there, but let's see if he matches it. Because it because Ajo's agent was was absolutely insistent that, listen, Dundon's a guy who won't come up. So, you know, throw an offer out there. It doesn't have to be too high over what he's offering and he won't match it and you'll get Ajo. And it didn't work out that way because he did surprise and he did match it. But I think Dundon, though, that's a rare instance where his hand was forced because of an offer sheet, a rare event. I I, I, I really don't think that he's going to come up that much. I could be wrong. I hope that for their sake, I hope he is. Now, I mean, if, if, if a team offers Dougie Hamilton 10 mil, yeah, let him go. Dougie Hamilton's a, a terrific defenseman. He's not worth 10 mil. He's not worth 9 mil. Okay, but if you're going to, I would say he's an eight million dollar defenseman. Eight, go to eight point five, and that's a pretty damn good offer. I've heard him compared to Alex Peterangelo. There's Peterangelo. There's no comparison. Alex Peterangelo is a better all round defenseman. Alex Peterangelo got exactly that was right on the money what he got eight point eight mil. That was exactly what he was worth. But Dougie Hamilton, okay, eight mil. I could see it going that high. You know, so. Again, it'll be interesting. That's why I said Dundon's going to be the wild card in that. So with this resource, we obviously have to think about what Dougie Hamilton's into, the money-wise, and we have to look at the museums as well. Yes, because he's a big, he's a big, he's all about museums, man. San Francisco has the most museums in the U.S. Ah, San Jose, you're thinking? San Jose, possibly. Number two, Baltimore. Ooh, your capitals. Interesting. And D.C. Yeah, D.C. is in the top ten as well. Number three, Boston. Been there, done that. Oh, yeah, yeah. he ain't going back. Yeah, he's, yeah. Not, he's not shipping back to Boston. No. no. Number oh. Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia? All right. That's, that's very interesting. I mean, that because, is interesting. Well, that's interesting because, well, today, um, Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet was saying that he, he had thought that the Flyers would be among the, the, the teams aggressively pursuing Doug Hamilton, but apparently... Uh, they're looking at more like at guys like uh, Seth Jones of Columbus, uh, Matt Dumba out of Minnesota, which makes sense because Chuck Fletcher drafted uh, Matt Dumba, so he knows him very well. If there's a chance he can grab Matt Dumba, he will. Um, now, that being said, 
if he can't get Jones or Dumba or, and can't find any other better alternatives, maybe he circles back to Dougie Hamilton. So, but it was just kind of interesting when that when that came up. Or at number five, New Orleans. I don't think there's a hockey team around there. No. no. What's, no. what's the nearest NHL franchise to New Orleans? Dallas? Might be Nashville. That seems about right. Yeah. They're right down there on the Gulf Coast, yeah? Yeah. Uh, New Orleans to Dallas. And then, Johnny, you said New Orleans to Nashville? Is it New Orleans below Nashville Tennessee? Uh, I don't know where the hell New Orleans you guys, is. You guys should know. You're Americans. You know your geography, yeah? Oh, God damn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 505 miles to Dallas and 531 miles to Nashville. They're about equal. Oh, so wrong. It's going to be a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what's the the high uh, Florida team? Cause they're both yeah, nice good point. Low, right? so, oh, they're both pretty low. They're pretty mm-hmm. low on there. Yeah, they're, they're low down on the panel. Here, here it is. He, listen, here's the thing we haven't noticed. Mm-hmm. It's only 347 miles to Houston. So when Phoenix moves there, oh, <laughs> make a short jaunt over to New Orleans. Yeah, that's the closest. There, there's yeah. your jaunt to New Orleans. There you go. Or you can go to the number six most populated, uh, most the city with the most museum, Seattle. They could Ooh. use cracking, cracking baby. What's cracking? Oh, that's so good. Uh, you can go Los Angeles. Everyone's being linked to the Kings. That's number seven. Everyone to the Kings, E6. Chicago. E6. <laughs> Chicago's at number eight. They could do some things. DC at number nine. We talked Chicago, about Baltimore. Actually, just to interrupt you there, but Chicago's considered one of the teams that could go after him. Why not? Yeah, well, they've got, well, that, they, that defense. works because they got Seabrook and uh, Andrew Shaw. So that's nearly that's about 10 mil freed yeah. up there. So they, yeah, they could go after him. Um, uh, we got the DC. So between Baltimore and DC, you got yourself the number two and number nine in the nation. So yeah, CMB, I mean, that's, that's uh, right New York, New York, New York, New York. No, uh, New York's no. quite happy with their blue line. Adam Fox, they they've got their right side guy and Jacob Truba. They're they're deep down the right side. There's no place for for uh, Dougie Hamilton there. No, there is no no room in the end for Broadway Dougie. No. Probably, that would be pretty cool. Broadway Dougie. Broadway Dougie, who spends all his time at the Museum of Modern Art. Yes. He's a wild man. MoMA Dougie. But it's actually it's actually just Doug from the cartoon. Right, exactly. Doug Funny. Um all right, Lyle. Now, now I got a I got a question for you. All right. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. In your shoes right now. All right, we've all we we've done all we can do. <laughs> done all the game planning. Maybe just Fuck it. We'll go in next year not thinking just win the thing when we don't think that much. Am I on the right path with this? Like, is this guy thinking too much? What fucking kind of question is that from Adrian <laughs> Dater? Okay, so one, uh, I'm just going to say this real quick. At least he did ask a question. Yeah. I don't know. There's like seven different questions in there. No, he, at the end, he ended it. The last sentence ended with a question mark. Make the up. one that I hit the most is when the reporter's like, you had a great first half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talk about that. microphone in front of player. Like, that's uh, not even a fucking question. <laughs> it, it, it's a finish my line. It's a finish my sentence. <laughs> you had a great first half, but... 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 How, yeah. how is this blogger still credentialed by any NHL media, is my question. 
Adrian Dater's been uh he's he's been like he was working the, the, the Avalanche beat when, when they moved the Nordiques to, to Denver back in ninety five. He's he's been doing this beat a long time. I know. That's a sad thing. I just I just like Nathan McKinnon's response is saying, Yeah, oh, yeah, well I've been here nine years, I haven't won shit yet, so it sucks. <laughs> you know? Actually his answer to this question was no and then look for help. Like he yeah. looked <laughs> I mean, an adult. This is what the no, fuck. No, but I'm, I'm talking about yeah. When he was just asked oh, how, like, when you ask how, like, what do you ask him how they feel, or what do you think? Like, how do you fuck do you? What the fuck do you think they feel I at that like, moment? I like the uh, the dater idea of like, oh, this guy cursed. I can curse now too. Mm. Um, that's good. I like that. It's edgy blogger Adrian Dater, everybody. Um, <laughs> fuck, man. Like, honestly. How does how do, how do we? Adrian's a former colleague of mine with Bleach Report, so I I. I <laughs> Everyone's a former cop. Uh, I, I can't speak ill of, of somebody that I got along with. I'm sorry. Listen to the show. It's fine. It was interesting. I'll just say that. It was, it was a, it, it, an yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, that's a term for it. It was interesting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So this, is, this, has been the, this has been one of the downfalls of, of, of being doing the freelance internet. as long as I have, is that after a while, you actually get to know people that you used to mock, and you realize, oh, geez, they're, they're a really nice person. Yeah, she, she's all right. Jeez, he's a nice guy. And then if they say something or write something dumb, you're like, ah, um, <laughs> You get Stockholm syndrome. Uh, how do I react to this? <laughs> That's like that's like saying when you like introduce your friend that's an asshole. You're like, you know what? He's really great when you get to know him because he's still an asshole. But it just came to the realize you've come to the realization that you're okay with dealing that with the fact that he's an asshole. It's like you know, come on, like man, you know. It reminds uh, me of that Carlin skit. Actually, you know that that that's some words of wisdom for me to kind of ponder there, uh, Johnny. I gotta right? kind of I gotta pull that over. That's <laughs> what I've always that's what I've always thought. At any point when somebody says the words, "Oh, you just need to get to know them," that really means that you've accepted the fact that the person does what they do. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what they do. I mean, they could steal cars, and you're like, he's he's a great guy. You just have to get to know him. Okay, okay, okay. Well, it's you not know, like, a leap from Adrian yeah. Dater saying something to, <laughs> to Vin Diesel. Guy I know who steals cars. <laughs> well, I mean, it got in sixty seconds. Yeah, okay, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that Fast One Hundred Forty Five is coming out in like two weeks. And I think, him. right? Like. See, I can't stand Nick Cage. He's like he's him and like him and John Travolta. They're just the most two faced people I've ever met. Yeah, well, it was because of that movie. But John John Claude Van Damme blows things up. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a generation no, of kids no. who are listening to this show who have never never saw that yeah. movie face off. What's what's he talking about? What, I, will, who, I will I will say yeah. this much: John Claude Van Damme is a very flexible actor when it comes to roles. Ah, yeah, there we are. There we are. Yeah. Although it is a stretch to have him in comedy. Did he ever do a comedy? I don't think he's never did. That's he's why breaking it's a up the fact that he. Was oh no! Wait, he did. He did Bloodsport. That's right. <laughs> that was a comedy. <laughs> what, you didn't know? <laughs> I it was a documentary. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
laughs, breaks the dude's was, like, intentionally funny. <laughs> it was Mortal Kombat before Mortal Kombat came yeah. around. It was, exactly. it was unintentional funny with the with the long drawn out grimaces. Again. <laughs> <laughs> The outside a bit too long. He lost him. It was, crazy. It was hilarious. <laughs> Where's my buddy? No, he couldn't. You know, and then boom, he just snaps his neck. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> slapstick comedy. It's best. I mean, this is. I mean, this is basically Roadhouse, where you're just ripping a guy's throat out. <laughs> right, and the other guy can see though. That's the thing is, he's not blind either. Roadhouse, another unintentionally funny movie. Roadhouse. <laughs> I saw that recently. Like within the really? past three weeks. <laughs> Some movies don't age well, do they? <laughs> no. No, not at all. Uh-uh. So was was over the top over the top was meant to be tongue in cheek, right? Not no, a serious arm wrestling no, movie. Stallone never does anything tongue in cheek. Give me that. Was a serious movie. No, he yeah, thought Rocky Five was a masterpiece. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't any hot shots. That's for sure. Damn sure. <laughs> right. God. Well, anything? What do you like about these playoffs? How are you liking? Uh, how are you liking the things uh, so far? Uh, talk, uh, talk about the playoffs. Okay, well, the officiating in game two was, I think, just when you think the NHL officiating can't go any lower, oh, then, boy, you see, then you see two dog shit calls, or you see one dog shit call, and then you see one blatantly missed call that both result in goals, and you go, okay, NHL, you proved me wrong. You can sink to lower depths with your officiating. <laughs> you guys. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, Braden Point gets pushed into his goaltender. You know, with no room to move, like no room to get out of the way. And he gets two minutes for goaltender interference and the Islanders score a tying goal. And that was a bullshit call. But then, you know, you see the Lightning go up two to one in the second period with seven players on the ice, which the official somehow missed. You know, Barry Trotz was going insane on the bench trying to point this out. Right. And and then the best call here, I think it was Gary Galley for doing hot for hockey night in Canada. Go well, the hockey gods sorted it out, I guess. And it's like, no, you fucking assholes, because the officiating fucking blows. Jesus, that's a question. So if if we can use replay to determine if a guy's foot was three and a half to six millimeters off the ice for an offsides call. Why in the flying fuck are we not using replay to see if there were more than five players on the ice when a goal was scored? Because, because that seems like an extremely easy thing to do to me. Yeah. Because that has to do with penalties and you can't review penalties or potential penalties because that would bring involve questioning the officiating, even though technically you are questioning the officiating on coaches challenge for offsides Correct. or goaltender or, or goalie or interference. interference. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know. I know. I, like I, I don't make the so rules, Johnny. Like, I just suffer under them. I feel like there are so many uh, uh, completely logical ways to use video review, mm-hmm. especially in hockey. Hockey's <laughs> such a fast sport that, you know, you can put four extra people on the ice that can't count. But you should be able to. Uh, you have a fucking camera that looks at the entire ice. Sheet. Yeah. Like, uh, can't you just look at it and be like, well, I mean, they scored here, but they definitely have 14 players on the ice. <laughs> like, we're, uh, this yeah. isn't the Euros. Mm. Like, the, you know, like, I feel like that's so easy to do. 
And it is. It is. Showing the referee on his fucking iPad on the bench going, question. I know it's not a rule now, and I know that that's why it doesn't work and blah, 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 and they got to work it in, and they got that stupid-ass committee that makes up new rules and all that shit. But if a referee can review a major call, isn't that also reviewing a penalty? So why doesn't something as simple as... So I would add two more things that you can review. Just... Mm -hmm. You know, in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. the puck going out of play. Yeah, I think that should be reviewable. Mm-hmm. I think that you shouldn't have to rely on four people standing on the ice to decide whether or not the puck hit a player's stick, hit a player's glove, hit a glass piece somewhere in the stadium. You know, I think that's something that you should be able to go over. And, you know, between 30 to 45 seconds, you can go, yeah, that was clean out or no, that wasn't. Yeah. Two, I think too many men on the ice is a very easy call that somebody could go over and look at something. And I mean, fuck it. The person up top working in the review booth can figure it out before the game even stops mm-hmm. and radio down and have the picture literally on the whatever they're looking at in the in the uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's an iPad Pro because that's like the biggest screen they have currently. Well, no, Microsoft Surface because I think that's whatever they're whatever they're using barry trotz had it on the bench showing the official and whatever whatever they use had more of a neck than barry trotz (laughs) but so my my problem with that though is that barry trotz making that comment uh, doesn't help because the referees at that point realized that they were wrong but also can't fix it that's true so it doesn't mean anything in that context. So cool. here, here's so here's you my plan. It. I can't do anything about it. Here's my plan. Swing all the way the other way. Let's take subjectivity out of the game. Robot, right? robot. We're, we're putting sensors on skates, <laughs> and <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get the ice to light up bright red if too many skates are on the ice from one team. Ah, <laughs> uh, Pog. Let's do this. What do we? What do we? I did do this yesterday. <laughs> but they, you have to put like a geo fence though, because you have to be able to give them that five to ten feet. Uh, no, no, border nope. Or complete object, complete objectivity. No subjectivity. Too many skates on the ice. That's it. You're in the penalty box. Mark's got two great ideas: fucking light up skates for penalties. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hockey academies get nine year olds under NHL contracts. Fucking love it. There you go. Oh, there we are. All right, with that, with that comes this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-huh. Oh, the- Haha, uh-huh, fuck you, the first nine-year-old ever drafted. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> Love it. First nine-year-old to play in an NHL game and subsequently retire after getting hit too hard. <laughs> Cole Caulfield. No. That was, a, that, was a, that was a funny episode of Mighty Ducks. <laughs> I think Gordon Bombay <laughs> took his grief-stricken mom to a motel. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, oh fuck! All right, let's uh, let's 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 shift gears a little bit. All right, let's let's have let's cool down. Let's have a nice little fun fest for ourselves. Let's go back. Let's go back. I was almost ten years old at this point. It's three days before my tenth, ten, ten, tenth uh, birthday, eleventh okay. season. Um, we go April thirteenth, nineteen ninety three. We go to the place where the queen was hanging up on the wall. Oh. Well, where's that? Go. That would be the old Winnipeg Arena, my friend. Big arena. 
We're going Tampa Bay Lightning, Winnipeg Jets, April 13th. Oh, my God. Last time it was Quebec. Now we're Winnipeg. Fuck you. He seized upon the expansion season of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, we're going to ride this pony to death. Hell yeah, baby. 18 skaters aside, one goalie apiece. And it was the Lightning's last win of the season. Uh, this was after the trade deadline. This after trade, post trade deadline. Yeah, we always have to say that for Mark. Winnipeg gets at home against Tampa Bay. Mark, kick us off here. Shane Doan. Shane Doan, not on the board. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. son of a hooker. Oh, swing and a miss. Johnny. Uh, Bob Beers. Bob Beers. Drink him up, baby, on the board. Yeah. <laughs> It's just that easy. Just that simple, Lyle. Uh, Tamu Solani. Tamu Solani's on that board. Shoot him down. Nice. Mac. (sighs) I don't think he was here, but screw it. Dale Howarchuk. He was not. Points for for effort, though. Points for effort. He was in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he was in Buffalo. It's right right across the border, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, Johnny, uh, Darren Poopa. Sorry, no Darren. Poopa. Oh, uh, still not there. Damn it! Fuck me, man. Yeah. Lyle. Um, but Ryan Bradley for your Tampa Bay Lightning. Ryan Bradley on the ball. Yes, I remember. Wow, they loved week. their alliteration. They uh-huh. love. They love the double Bs, baby. Buzz mm. buzz. <laughs> Jesus, uh, I feel like I'm not gonna have an epiphany this time like I did with <laughs> be wonderful if Stefan Chise last time. Yeah. Uh, God, who the hell would have been Sean Burke? That's who would have been the goalie on this team? <clears throat> God, no Sean idea. Is maybe on Hartford. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking Hartford then. Yeah. Uh, to John, um, Bob Asenza. No Bob Asenza. Oh. Sadly, oddly enough. Whoa, okay. This time, his backup was playing. Both uh, were playing. Well, I don't know if it was a backup for Tampa Bay. Really, who could fucking tell? Lyle, um, to you. Uh, okay, thinking lightning again, trying to remember back to last week when we did this shit. Uh, I mean this game. Um, Roman Hammerlick? Hammer on the board. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm a goal and an assist. Mike Sellinger. Ooh, good, bold pick. Not on the board, but good, bold pick. You're making bold picks. I like that. <laughs> I'm just naming people who may have been on multiple teams at this point That's, in history. Hey, good chance that in the fucking early <laughs> mid-90s. Yeah, Sometimes you got to cast a wide net and hope you catch something. <laughs> yeah. Like my dating pool back in the day. <laughs> when you were 10. Yeah, fucking anything will do, man. He Johnny was playing Little League. <laughs> Johnny knows what's up. Red roof in. Shout out. Go oh. <laughs> by in traffic. <laughs> All right, Johnny, your your pick. Oh, your I have pick. to do something. Yeah, uh, you your turn now. Um. Uh. Vinny Prospel. Nope, Vinny Prospel. A little a couple years ahead of your time. Well, I know. I always am. Lyle <laughs> Richardson. Mm. Mm. Um, okay, I'm thinking Jets here. Uh, Tepo Numanen. 
Tepo Numinen on the board. Oh, nice. To Mark with a C. Mark, Lightning, Jets, post-deadline. <laughs> I don't know anybody from the Jets. Oh, fuck, I know this is tough. No, you know a couple. Oh, a few. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think who would have moved with the Teddy. There's that. And there's also former Capitals on the Jets. Ooh. 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 Drop in there for you. Ooh. Um, Capitals. <laughs> Kevin Miller. Kevin Miller. No, sorry. <laughs> no, Kevin Miller. I do like that drop. That's, That's nice. Drop. <laughs> <laughs> the better drop would have been Mike Ridley. <laughs> Johnny. Darn, because I was kind of, I was thinking, I was thinking Michael Pavanka, actually. <laughs> no, no, no Pivo. Uh, Is that your pick? Yeah, sure. All right, Lyle. Uh, okay. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Jets. Um, it's probably too early for him. Keith Kachuk. Keith Chuck's on that board. Whoa, was that yeah. his rookie year? Right on his board. Yep, rookie year. Okay, okay. I thought it was the following year. Okay. Oh, good. Good to know. Good to know. There's some Jets. It's Boeing seven thirty seven. Oh, Johnny, spoilers. <laughs> uh, Mark. Ah, uh, damn. Baba Senza is like the quintessential Mike Sillinger of goalkeepers. Kind so, of. He also uh, played for the Jets. And he played for the Jets <laughs> for a really long time. So that was the perfect pick. Uh, he already got Darren Poopa. Yep. Jesus. I mean, come on. Lubomir Visnowski. Sorry. No Lubomir. Damn it. Love- oh, that was a good guess, though. Love that with some old eggs. Johnny? Um, Oleg Tevardoski. Oleg oh, a-, a few years too early on that, but love it. You're on the, the Jets did pick him. Uh, uh, you move with him to Phoenix. Lyle? Uh, just give me a second here, guys. I'm just replying something here. Uh... Well, first, then, then, yes. okay. Give me a second, um, guys. I'm just looking uh, up the roster. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, Thomas Steen. Thomas Steen on the board. Yes. Mm. There. <laughs> Who did mm. he play? He's, uh, are you still on the Jets? Yeah. Yeah. On. Yeah. Oh. Because I'm, I've I don't gone completely blank on the uh, players now. You fucking eat your dick if you you don't get most of these Caps players on here. You're gonna be so mad, <laughs> so mad. Mark, uh, uh, um, <laughs> Jesus, uh, uh, Steve Connawalchuk. <laughs> no, Steve Connawalchuk. <laughs> Good I love guess. a good Steve kind of wall chuck good, drop. Good. Enjoy a Steve kind of wall chuck drop. Uh, to John. Um, uh, why 10 St. Louis? Nope. This is like some for some reason just like a black hole of my memory time. of hockey. This, this, this <laughs> just these two teams. I've never played these teams in NHL 94 and that <laughs> problem. Lyle. Uh, the players that started were the only ones you played with. That's true. Mm. And you've almost named them all. Was uh, was Ty Domi with the Jets? Ty Domi's on the board. 
Wow. wow. I'm getting lucky here, man. I'm telling you. I had two penalty minutes this game. It was amazing. Oh, good. That's he it? Yeah, he behaved himself. He must have been early in his, in his career. Right, exactly. Um, to Mark. You think I had enough time to think of somebody? Uh, Going to yeah, lightning and Winnipeg Jets. Stop. No, I'm just gonna pass because no, I, I got nothing left. Johnny, uh, Ken Clee. Oh, not there, but close. Ah! on the right path. Lyle. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> a very um, weird name. Not in my head. Uh, Freddie Olsen. On that board. Oh fuck! I'm serious. I'm, he, he can't this, miss. This he can't is miss tonight. tonight. I'm yeah. fucking serious. He's after, on after fire. Over. Finish him. If uh, Mark is still passing, is this? Yeah, I'm, I'm still Shut. passing. Last call. Last call, Johnny. Uh, Dale Murphy. <clears throat> Dale Murphy. No, he's not the. Yeah, not, not the yeah Philadelphia Phillies outfielder. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Phillies. I think Braves all the time. Oh, Braves. Yeah, I think he played for, for both. Play for both. Yeah. So it's I mean, he's no Sid Bream. Well, who is? I think I think I still have Dale Murphy's outfielder glove in my garage somewhere. That's the uh, that's I, the glove I used in Little League. <laughs> when you were twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> in in two thousand one when right. you were playing Little League. <laughs> Lyle, your last one. I, I got nothing on my Yeah, he doesn't can't ruin his perfect record. Yeah, he's, he's gonna take it. No, seriously, I can't he's gonna take anybody it else. <laughs> All right. Um, for Tampa Bay with the hat trick, Michael Anderson. Oh, yeah. uh, Bob, obviously. obviously, Beers was mentioned. Mark Bergevin. Oh, oh yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah. For the second week in a row. Yep. Shit. Tim Berglund, Bradley was mentioned. Sean Chambers, Danton Cole, Adam Creighton, Stan Drula, Randy Gillen. Hammerlick was mentioned. Matt Hervey. I think he's an Orioles pitcher now. Steve Casper. <laughs> uh, Jason Lafreniere. Uh, Chris LaPuma. Steve Altis, John Tucker, Rob Zamner, and Annette Jean-Claude Bergeron. <laughs> Are we, all right, time out. Time out. Time out. Mark, a terrible it's a team. Terrible team. Did, did you just start a franchise in NHL 2021 or whatever and just let it go for 30 years and just wait to see what names popped up? This is, yeah. this is actually the team that used to be called, uh, that had the bus drivers because they would take you to school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For the Jets, doesn't get any better. Sergey Bolton, I'm mad that you Italians didn't pick up on Luciano Borsado. Oh, well, he, loved it. We figured he was Canadian. <laughs> he was, but he played on the Italian national team, I'm sure. Probably. Uh, he, uh, after that, we have uh, Evgeny Dadanoff. Uh, Domi was mentioned. John Drews on this team. Oh, John Drews. Mike Eagles on this team. Oh, that's Eagles. the guy I'm really pissed off I missed. Brian Erickson. Phil Housley on this team. Huh. Uh, Chris King. Mike Lawler on this team. The King. Norman Olison, Solani. Darren Shannon. Steen Kachuk. Igor Ulanov. Ah, so there's our Igor. Yep. Uh, Alexei Jamnov. And that's Jim Rivnack. Jim Rivnack. Rivnack. Wow, another cap. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. There was zero chance I thought Jim Rivnack played on this be- team because I thought Bob Asensa was actually their only goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Bob 
Bob Asenza, you did say Asenza was on their team that year. He just didn't play that game. He just did not play. Right. Uh, yeah. Like I was totally under the impression he was the only goalie for the Jets. That <laughs> like he played all eighty-two games and then like fourteen preseason games as well. He's yeah, the, the four goalies for this team that played this season. Baba Santa played sixty-seven games. <laughs> this is this is when they had a seventy-two game season too, isn't it? Eighty-four. <laughs> oh, it was eighty-four. Okay. 84. Uh, uh, Rick, Rick Tabarachi. Played oh, nine. Wow. Another, another cap. And then he got traded for Jim Rivnack, who played three, <laughs> and former Baltimore Bandit Mike O'Neill. So, Damn. a cavalcade of what the fuck in this roster. <laughs> but everybody from the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah, exactly. Every possible thing you could do. But they did have two Hall of Famers on this team Solani and Housley. So you got that going for you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I forgot Phil Housley was on there. Was, like, was it was a Luciano Borsado. Luciano Borsado. So Luciano next week, Scott. another Tampa Bay. I got I to gotta start remembering some more of these Tampa Bay. I'm not Lakers. remembering shit. Remember your Tampa Bay. <coughs> All right. I well, say that every time when you seize on something like this, and it takes me 10 weeks before I finally start picking up on, like, you know, half the team of the Atlanta Thrashers from, like, 19-whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we have, a, we have an Atlanta Thrasher now as a head coach, Lyle. So Brad Larson now. Yeah, there you go. Continuing the uh, the journey there. The legacy continues. Uh, real quick before we get you out of here, Galant to the Rangers, yay nay, like that. Oh team. yeah, absolutely, no surprise. Everybody knew they're going there. Everybody, everybody, happy, happy here on the island that uh, Turk is back and back in the game. Ah, oh, good old Turkey boy. No surprise though. No surprise. Yeah. All right. Well, Lyle, thank you. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. We will talk. As always, guys. Hey, maybe next week we'll uh, be ready to do more uh, predictions with you. Oh, him. there it is. <laughs> Lyle, how did you feel about both anthems being played before a hockey game this year? I don't think you should play any anthems before a hockey game. In fact, I don't think you should play any anthems before any sporting events. Fucking well, I agree with that completely. But it was interesting to hear the Can- the Canada and the uh, oh, American national anthem at the same time. Yeah, that yeah. At the same time. <laughs> the same well, I mean, it's a mix. it's a mix up. It's the yeah. remix. It's a, it's a mashup. Yeah. A battle of the bands. <laughs> All right, uh, Lyle. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week, guys. Right, talk to you later. See ya. There he goes, Lyle Richardson. He is the most interesting man on the planet. At Spectres Hockey on Twitter, SpectresHockey.net. All the fun stuff there. Johnny, shush, 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 shout out. I'll give a shout out to both the Canadian and the United States national anthems. Yeah, it reminds me of that scene from Scott Pilgrim where they're playing music against each other, and like a dragon comes out, and then yeah, yeah, they fight. It was like other. real life Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. McClure Scott. showed up. He wasn't even <laughs> supposed to be there. Um, I'll give a shout out to the Italian national anthem because sure. you know why not? Um, you know the Italian national anthem could be my favorite. Um, I agree. I sing along with it all the time. Is that it? Yeah, those okay. are the words. It's, yeah, it's pretty close actually. You just have to nod in time, and people are like, "Wow, you know the national anthem and, the, and cry." Like, you nod, if nod, and cry, and yell time. every once in a while as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a great national anthem. The best part about it is that it's technically a death march, well, but hey. you know, neither here nor there. <laughs> well, hey, most it works for Darth Vader. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll give a shout out to the Black Bears. Great season, great mm-hmm. fun had by all. Um, and I'll give a shout out to uh, Mark, who has a swing set to put together. 
mm-hmm. uh, which I may or may not be helping with this weekend. I don't know, actually. <laughs> we can try, but... Um, and a uh, shout out to Scotty, who is uh, uh, shipping down the Blaine. Yeah, and not... he has a new board that has sound effects. Yeah. It's basically just an echo, but it works just the same, too. Can you add one of those horns? Like, pew, pew, pew. I have the ability to put in the, the the problem is I have the ability to have like USB uh, music in here, but I have to take it off my PC. So there's the problem. Like I have mm. to unplug it. it it's not there more. It, lies there, Rob. it does get a four star review on that just because of that alone. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mark. Uh, I'm also going to give a shout out to Italy. Great, great showing in the Euros today, uh, today and earlier this week, actually. Uh, both fantastic wins. Uh, also, uh, you know, shout out to Italy for making the best handheld foods of all of all time in the world. Yeah. You can fight me on that. Uh, I, I, but but in my opinion, Italy makes the best handheld foods that you can get uh, for your money and taste buds. Um, uh, the Greeks would have something to say, but that's fine. They're, they're it's fine. It's all Greek to me. Exactly. Um, shout out to Two Silos Brewery. Uh, my my beer for tonight was Mosaic Goat. Mm. Mosaic Goat. I mean, that is a Mosaic Goat. It is a Mosaic Goat. It's delicious. Um, and yeah, so uh, the swing set. Um, it arrived <laughs> three three weeks before the expected delivery date. At least according to when they said it would be delivered when I bought it. So, um, yeah, I didn't have any plan put in place for assembly because it arrived three weeks early. So, uh, yeah, it's now sitting in my garage in five boxes. Uh, but my garage smells great. It smells like, uh, you know, you know, when you walk into the lumber section of the Home Depot, and oh, it just yeah. Oh, yeah. smells rich, you oh, know, awesome. smells. It's what my garage smells like now. Like mahogany. So, the, yeah. the thing you guys are sleeping on is Menards. Because you can, you, the Menard, you have that smell. I won't nice... be sleeping on your nards. Oh, well, <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Um, this isn't Nashville. Uh, <laughs> that was a bathtub. Right? Uh, so Menards has that smell. And then, like, a couple aisles over, you can buy fucking uh, dog food and, like, tater skins. It's fucking amazing. I love the place so much. <laughs> Menards, yeah. whatever the They fuck. don't have anything like that here. Gallon of milk. It's great. You can get a gallon of milk. You can have a whole free. They have a whole freezer section. I don't know what the fuck's going on there, man. So you can get two by fours. Yeah. And milk. It's like, in oh, the same I store. forgot the milk at home. Honey, what am I going to do? Oh, you're at Menards. Just go to aisle 73. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that great. Because I was picking up some more wood for the, uh, for the uh, backyard swing set as well. Getting rights, boys. Getting this done, man. Can you get your tires changed at Menards? Uh, some locations, yes. <laughs> some That's locations good. you can. That's so good. Yeah. Love it. Anyway, sorry, Mark. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. Shout out to... Well, actually, I'm not done. Shout out to the Vegas pregame show for stealing a King Arthur bit. Ooh, nice. Pulling yeah. swords out of stones and shit now. They they really stepped it up oh, the last three years. Are they, yeah. they going to start throwing swords out of a lake? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I love it. They run away from a bunny. Be fantastic. The holy uh, hand grenade. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, shout out to Connor Cole, Sean Kilcullen, Jude Curtis, Michael Morelli, Tanner Rowe, and Kevin Scott for getting into the top prospects tournament. Also, uh, Clint Millimock down there coaching the East Division. Uh, I'll be down there, hopefully, maybe get some stuff. Obviously, this is for the kids to show off for college uh, scouts and coaches and stuff like that. So, won't be getting too much in the way, but we'll see what we can get. If not, uh, I'm getting. I got. I got a camera. We'll see. If, see if I can be any any bit as good as Johnny. Probably not, but I'll take a lot of pictures of my Wang. Um, shout out Luciano. <laughs> you can take a picture from Menards. Yeah, exactly. I'll just do a Menards tour. Uh, Luciano Borsato. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, shout out to uh, Amazon for fucking great prices and quick quick delivery. I got I got my lenses, but the camera needed a signature, so uh, uh, I had to wait for that. So I got my two lenses. I got my my document shredder. It's a great time. Nice. Um, shout out to this board. I think it's done well. I don't fucking know. I have to listen to post, but we'll be we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll just and adapt and overcome. That's it. That's all for Johnny P. Mark with a C. I'm Scotty Laws. Take care of yourself and someone else. This has been Face Off Hockey Show on the Face Off Hockey Show Media Faction. You get us on all the podcasters. I don't know how you're listening to us. If you haven't, um, let us know, please. Uh, our socials, facebook.com slash FOHS radio, twitter.com slash FOHS radio, instagram.com slash FOHS radio, and patreon.com slash Face Off Hockey Show. You guys have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you on the eve of uh, St. John Baptiste Day. And uh, we will talk to you uh, then. Peace. Oh, my God. <laughs>